Welcome, welcome everybody. I'm Corey. I'm Jordan. And this is the Corden in Full Effect podcast. And we are back. Like we never we left. We are back like we never left. Episode two. Episode one in the books. Yes. Okay. Got that. Episode joint. two. Okay, we're going to start with some house cleaning. I don't even know if it's house cleaning, house items, but it's whenever you discuss what you've been working on in between, you know, releasing stuff. We just got to talk about it. Okay, so first and foremost, we sincerely apologize about the audio issues on the first one. Let's be very clear. We are not audio engineers. Not audio engineers. We are figuring this out as we We don't go know along. what we're doing. For those of you who know how to fix our issues and are not telling us, but, you know, are laughing at us, that's that's the problem. Like, <laughs> that's the problem right we there. We need help. Okay? Right? Okay, no. Sincerely apologize. We talk about accountability, but it is 100% Jordan's fault why it our is. audio was messed up last time. Sorry, because guys. I said, hey, is this what I sound like? He said, yes. yes. I said, are you sure? He said, Yes. yes. And I said, no wonder people hate how much I talk. If I, if I sound like this in real life, like as much as I talk, I'm like, OK, I see why. So, boom, we're going to we think we fixed it this time. We know we might have to increase the volume. But I think Jordan's mic was good last time. He was just talking too low. Yes. I sounded far I was a away. Little nervous, guys. My bad. Sorry yeah, about that, that too. Yeah, we'll clear that up next. But I sounded far away and I was talking too low. So I think we're trying to get to definitely a clarity standpoint. And then if we have to work on our vocal projection, Again, this is episode two. Like, I don't know what y'all. I don't know what y'all wanted from episode one. Y'all said the content was good, so right. content. So are I you mean, not entertained? Yeah, are you not entertained? Again, the energy is here. Episode one, last thirty minutes. That's what we're gonna try to bring like forever for the right? whole session. The whole session. We see, now you see the energy. Jordan back look, look, locked in. Laces, you know laces tied up. Right. We in here. Right. So second thing is uh, like the structure of the podcast. For those of you who have questions, topics, feel free to reach out to us, text us, DM us. However, you can contact us. We will discuss anything. On here, not just finance and fitness, right? We'll for go those, more in depth. For those that need to reach out to us, our email is cordonnfe at gmail.com. Yes, Please cord- shoot us your questions. Yes, cordon is C-O-R-N-D-A-N. And then another N for the email, fe at gmail.com. Um, and then, let's see, for the structure, we were thinking that we may or may not do questions. Let us know. We're or if you want the free flow. Yeah. That's what the full effect stands for. We just be like having this casual conversation and things, back and forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you want us to go more in depth on things, please just let us know. And we will always, you know, explain everything just as deep as we can get into it. We're doing our best to elaborate as we go along. Right. You know what I mean? Third thing is time length. The time length. So we said last <laughs> time that we're definitely not going to go over two hours. But then some people said, I just wanted to be an hour. And then Jordan said, why don't you just pause it at an hour? Just be an adult. One. Like, at some point in time, y'all not making no sense to us. <laughs> That's a joke. Real talk, though. If, you, if it gets to the point where people are like, no, it needs to be close to an hour. We don't want to hear y'all that much. Then we'll take that into consideration and actually end up not doing it. Um, I Googled the average podcast length, and it's sort of in that... 35, 45 minute range, like the most popular ones are right at an hour. So we're going to try to keep them not at an hour, but once we get, you know, crep up, creep up, crep, crep, crep. Once creep. we get close. Once we get close to an hour, we're going to start <laughs> gauging. And then, you know, obviously as the energy starts fading off or we feel like we're just forcing it, then, you know, we'll terminate the podcast and hopefully we'll still give you all that same energy. Right? Yeah. That's it. What Sounds else good. was there? Oh, let's just do, we did a semi-shameless plug with the email. Let's just do the shameless plugging right now. So you can follow me at sideline underscore Corey. Again, that's sideline underscore Corey. Corey is spelled C-O-R-Y, no E. That's me. So sideline underscore Corey. You can follow Jordan at Stop Stalling J. That is S-T-O-P-S-T-A-L-L-I-N-G-J-A-Y on Twitter, Instagram, you name it, I probably got it. All right. And then you can follow his fitness page at, I knew it was not to do this. I was prepared it's for it. Finally Fit 06 on Instagram and Facebook. That's F I N A L L F I T 06. I think they say spelled correctly. 
the reason I have to say my name doesn't have an E, because I think my name is spelled incorrectly without the E. I yeah. think there are more people with the E in it. So I got to make sure people know that. Also, shameless plug, like, ourselves as a group. YouTube, Corden in Full Effect. Please subscribe to our channel. We do record these on video. Please. Yeah, so you can subscribe there. Comment there for any questions and concerns. And, you know, we, that's when you see any video clips on our social media. That's from the YouTube channel when we're adding those down. Yeah. Is that it? I think we got all our plugs. Is that, all, is that, is that we, all the feedback? We plugged in, Corey. Okay, let me say this right now for the audio issues. If it's messed up again, look. Turn your volume up, yeah, bro. Yeah, some people said it wasn't loud enough. We think we might have to like remaster the file or something. We don't know. Again, we're working on so it. So, again, if you could tell us and you know, let us just know. Just tell us. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who right. say, hey, I'd like for you guys to uh, ask questions and you don't give us a question. <laughs> So we're going to answer questions that right, we don't right. have. We're just about to get on here and hop in like we're doing right now for the first five minutes. You know? Also, slight side note. In the first one, when we hit four minutes, I was like, we're not going to be able to go any longer. I'm going to stop it. We five minutes in and we just, you know, we just, we just right we clean the house right now. All, All right, right, bro. So we're going to take the feedback into, not into question. We're going to take the feedback right now, okay? And we're going to start off with a question, okay? In last podcast, we were very finance heavy. Jordan said he don't care, though. I don't. He you don't know? care. It, it, we talking finance, we talking fitness, you know, also, whatever pops up. If y'all haven't noticed who the talker is, it's definitely me. Jordan <laughs> talks a lot too, but as he's getting more warmed up, you're going to see the, the synergy switching in and out. Exactly. Right. So today, let's get a little bit more into the fitness aspect of things okay. from a beginning standpoint. So last episode, we talked more about, you know, getting on a budget and how important that was. And that's a foundational principle. Yes. So when it comes to fitness or on a fitness journey, and you can talk about exercising and from a dieting standpoint, so where you're putting into a body, your body. What are some foundational things that you need when you start your fitness journey? So foundational things for your fitness journey. First thing you need to do is define your goals. So I know we kind of touched on this a little bit last time in terms of the the SMART, the acronym SMART. And that stands for uh, Specifics, Measurable, Achievable, uh, Reward, and Time. Relevant. Right? Is it That R, I think, rotates. Is it? I, I can't. I, I think Zig Ziglar, I could try to figure who made it up. But okay. You, put it like this. You can't, the person who created it, it's not really clear. And that, so then, then okay. so we got an ambiguous R guys. All right. It's, it's all a, the same thing. Okay. But what that means is basically you start by uh, def- defining your goal. So you figure out first, you come to the realization that, Hey, I want to get into shape. Right. And then you figure out what that means to you. So that means either gaining muscle that might mean um, losing weight. You just got to figure out exactly what that is. Right. So that's where specifics comes into play. Next thing is measurable. And to be measurable, that means you have to define uh, specific steps in which you're going to say, hey, I am meeting the goals that I defined in the specific steps. So to be measurable, if it's a weight loss goal, you might measure your weight. I would say from a healthy standpoint, you want to measure your weight maybe like like once a week. You want you don't want to do it too frequently. Right. It is not healthy to become obsessed with measuring your weight, you know, on a super frequent basis. It can kind of cause a complex. We're not going to get too deep into that, but just to know, like it, you should only measure your weight. Um, on a consistent basis, I would say maybe about every seven days, right? For a weight loss journey for weight gain, you, again, same thing. Uh, you want to make, make sure you keep track of your weight as well as make sure you're keeping track of your protein consumption and your caloric, uh, intake. Um, for the next section, it would be achievable. So you have to go back to your, your goal, right? And make sure it's actually realistic. You'd be surprised how many people come up with fitness goals and they're actually not realistic goals. I want to bench 300 pounds. I do too. Can you do a push-up? Can you, can you, never mind. Start at, start at the bottom, guys. It's it's okay. Start with body weight, right? Let's, let's be able to, to do a push-up. Let's be able to run a mile. Let's be able to, you know, you want to, you, it's foundational, right? Everything starts from the ground up. So you got to be able to make sure you can, can move 
what you have before you start adding additional weight as well as maybe like long mileage, right? So again, make sure your goal is realistic for you and what you're trying to achieve. And that's where people like me come in. I will, if you don't know if your goal is realistic, find your nearest fitness professional and or trainer and they should be able to help you and let you know that, hey, maybe your goal isn't realistic right now, right? Not saying that it can't be later, it just might not be realistic at this moment, right? So make sure you define that. Uh, the next thing is that, again, that ambiguous R and <laughs> Corey, what'd you say they are, Stifler? I. I say relevant. Relevant? Reward is Re- not the same as relevant. It's so not. We're going to put it like this. For fitness, it'll be reward. For finance, it'll be relevant. And so, for you, you can make the R whatever you want. Exactly. So it depends on what journey you're on, right? <laughs> so we do the R as kind of giving yourself something to look forward to when you finally hit that goal, right? So reward is, is just a big thing to, like, how are you going to celebrate when you get to your milestone, right? Like, how are you going to celebrate when you get there, right? So for, for me, reward was finally getting some new clothes when i <laughs> when i hit my my weight loss goal and i lost about 60 pounds Jesus. of course none of the the pants or the shirts or the suits in particular because you know i go to a lot of dress functions uh shout out to alpha phi alpha iota alpha lambda chapter yeah y'all can see it dead for those watching on youtube you can see it dead in the background yeah. i'm not i'm not alpha that's jordan so look. don't like i know how y'all move hbcu don't come look oh <laughs> six did a good breath right, right don't do that to me but just you know so so i had to get an entirely new wardrobe and that's not to say from a budget perspective let's be very clear do not get your entire wardrobe even if you need to get new clothes at one time okay i kind of had to space this out over mm-hmm. months and a lot that money um on a 30-day basis but what i did is i you know picked up some pants picked up some shirts shout out to old navy uh <laughs> talk about that last time <laughs> we did so you know do, do do what you can um to to reward yourself but you, you just want to make sure that you're once you hit your goal you you are celebrating it, all right you just don't want to zoom past it because then you'll kind of get a little frustrated with your fitness goal you got to make sure you stop and come up and what do we want to say like smell the roses in the middle of your journey right yeah so dude, that's so what that it's about the process not the end goal Yes. The pro- trust. Don't Philly ain't won a championship yet, but you should trust the process. Exactly. So once they win, we can, you know, we can actually use that. <laughs> we can use that in full effect. But they haven't won a ring yet, so do what LeBron does in his team hop. And the T, of course, is for time. So you need to make sure your goal is realistic for the time period in which you're trying to set it, right? So if you tell me you want to lose 50 pounds, but you want to do it in a month, again, we got to go back to that. That A is is that achievable? And I'm going to tell you no. Um, you shouldn't try to lose 50 pounds in 30 days. That's not healthy, nor is it realistic, right? Now, if you tell me you want to lose 50 pounds in six months, you know, or maybe even a longer period, of, you know, maybe about a year, right? That's that's a good sustainable pace, right? From there, it's, it is something that is now achievable, is realistic, is healthy. And then we're going back to those habits, right? You want to make sure you're building up a lifestyle habit when you're pursuing your fitness journey, right? My goal is to get you to your goal in the most healthy way possible. But at the same time, I want you to be able to sustain your goal when you get there. If I help you get to your goal and then you revert right back to your habits after you hit your goal, I have failed you as a trainer, okay? So gotta make sure that I get you to where you need to be and give you the tools that you need to be to stay there, all right? Right. So that's the foundation for your fitness journey. Exactly. And then so you were were mentioning clothes. A lot of times people, the biggest thing I hear when it comes to working out, I don't have any workout clothes. <laughs> so, one, let's dispel a myth, if it is a myth. Do you need workout clothes to work out? And two, what are some workouts you can do without, quote-unquote, having workout clothes? You Okay, so let's be very clear. Workout clothes are a myth, right? So... And I and I say that saying wearing workout clothes. Right? Lying. <laughs> I, I own I own Nike. 
Please, please go buy their workout clothes. Shout out to Nike. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> no, no, workout clothes exist. Please let the stock. They, so okay, yes, you, you you can get clothes that are deliberately for working out. However, do not let not having workout clothes deter you from starting your fitness journey. That's when it get, becomes a problem, right? So you can work out in anything. I've seen people literally come from work on their on their lunch break and get it in in a polo and some jeans and some work boots like you you can work out and whatever you have on that day just make sure you're being safe about it clearly i don't recommend you know running three miles in in timberlands if you have them on but you know what i mean adjust accordingly but what i'm saying is you do not need a designated wardrobe specifically just for working out if you really want to uh, put in that work in you know in the gym or at the track or just outside in general or at home you can do it without having a designated outfit for it right and that's what I was going to say so the out of the you know torso is torso upper body yes okay and then your legs and then your feet your feet would be the most important one if, from a finance standpoint because there you know there are certain exercises you need certain footwear for obviously ladies sports bras but yes. fellas you're starting you start your journey in sports bras. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to see. Don't get us in trouble, Corey. For those who didn't know, that's what the full effect stands for. It, you know, we were highly reserved. We're definitely trying to make sure we don't cuss a lot. Exactly. But yeah, embarrassment is on way too. I got some finance stuff that's just going to hurt married men's feelings, but that's neither here nor there right now. We're explicit conservatives. Yeah, right? we, got, we got the E on there, so it's definitely explicit, not for children. But no, yeah, definitely your footwear because, you know, that. That deals, you don't, you know, when you're running, it doesn't matter really what shirt you have on, whether, you know, you might need compression shorts, things like that. Yes. But footwear and then obviously sports bra. Look, look, highly recommended. Make sure you get your compression shorts. You know, you don't want to, yeah, forgot. Chafing when you put it. Look, if you, if you started running or right. doing some type of cardio, you know, that's that's the thing, right? Compression shorts are a must have. So get you some of those. Right. And then from a budgeting standpoint, just like we were saying last time, for those of you that are losing weight, don't just go out, you know, and get clothes right away to the point where you're buying clothes every month or so and you're spending more money than you need to. Um, so that's why I said focus more on the footwear. Yes. Then when it comes to actually like getting started, right? Like what, what are some starter exercises that people who have never worked out before, they took walking wellness in high school, that's it, <laughs> right? And they took Fit for, fit for Life because you had to take Fit for Life to graduate, at least in my county. Gotcha. So that's the only two classes they took when it came to the gym. Or some starter exercises. So starter exercises. So let's start. So when you first start working out, the what I recommend that you start with are body weight exercises. Okay. So if you can't move your body weight, there's 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 no reason to jump, you know, straight into weights or uh, additional tension type of exercises, right? So what that means is start with with push-ups, right? Everybody should be able to push up their body weight, and it's okay if you even if you can't. Do one. You want to get to the point where you start. Maybe start off with modded push-ups. It's, it's okay to to modify the exercise to get to the point where you can do a regular full-on push-up. But you want to make sure you can do a push-up in good form, and you want to be eventually. You want to get to the point where you can get your repetitions up, right? So make sure you can do the exercise, do it in good form, and then at that point start to increase your repetitions. Right. So push-ups will be your first one. Uh, I would say maybe even dips again, another full body weight exercise that works your triceps. Um, pull ups exactly. for, for dips, push ups. Everybody knows what push ups are, but for dips, you know, what exactly does that look like? Uh, dip is uh, kind of like when your body weight is hanging off maybe a bench or a ledge, and your, your, um, your palms are facing down on the bench, and then you're using your triceps to then drop your body off the edge of the bench. Uh, until your elbows are at about a 90 degree angle and then you control the weight and push yourself back up in a slow control form right that is that would be a dip 
Right. So maybe on finally fit 06, you guys can post dips this week. Oh yeah. Well, so <laughs> or no, we're gonna have to do something tomorrow. Now I just brought that. You up. know, oh, Wednesday. I'll, I'll Wednesday is our workout. Wednesday is upper body day. But no, yeah. Okay. So dips, and then you were going next. Um. So make sure you do your push-ups, do your dips. You want to make sure you also get you some pull-ups in, guys. Pull-ups are difficult. Okay. They're hard. Even for people who are who have been working out up to this point, uh, you pull-ups are still a, a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but you do want to at least attempt to make sure you include them into your workouts. Uh, they're going to work your your back, your, your back, your upper lats, um, and just make sure you do them in good form and give us what you got, right? Like if you can, if you can only get a half a pull up, that's fine. Give me that half a pull up until you can get to one, right? And that and that's okay. But again, moving that body weight is crucial to making sure that you you're you're have a solid foundation in your fitness journey. Then you can start putting on the the dumbbells and the the, the barbells and the, the resistance bands and the weight vests. Yeah, trash bag. Yeah, all that all additional, that you know, equipment that you can use to, to then further chisel down your body into the form in which you want to get it. But body weight. Make sure you can move your body. Right. And for those of you who don't know how important a pull-up is, it's the one exercise that literally can save your life. Literally. If you ever find yourself hanging off a ledge and you say, when will I hang off a ledge? I don't know. But this is, <laughs> this is when you would need to be able to do a pull-up because literally no other exercise will help you but a pull-up if you're hanging off a ledge. Exactly. So I always make the joke, if you can't do a pull-up, then you can't. You just might you, die. You, you just might die. Because like, like, if you can do a whole bunch of push-ups. Go ahead and put. Go ahead, yeah. and, go ahead and push up off that. <laughs> go ahead and push up off that cliff. That's going to be it for you. But no, you know, obviously in general, improving your fitness. But a pull up is very key. Just make sure you can do one. And again, when you're starting out, just like with finance for fitness, a lot of times they say when you know going to the gym, people aren't going to the gym as much now. Maybe more because COVID restrictions are lightening up. But when you see a guy in there and he skipped, you know, every leg day and he's benching 400 pounds and you've never been to a gym before a day in your life. Don't worry about that guy. That's why they got Planet Fitness, so you can't scream and stuff. Yes. But that's very distracting. So exactly. how do you handle that when, you know, you're working out and you're seeing people that are full, you know, 10 years in? Or they might even be doing something like steroids. And, like, you know, how do you keep motivated with that? So the key is to not be distraught when you when you see others working on their own fitness journey. Everybody's fitness journey is their own experience, right? So that guy that's in there that's skipping leg day and benching the 400 pounds i mean clearly he's trying to achieve you know reverse pyramid effect but uh you know <laughs> but if that's if, if that's his goal that's that's his journey right that has nothing to do with you and your goals right so make sure you get in there uh plan before you go to the gym that is probably one of the most key things i can say to having an efficient workout you don't want to be that person that's in the gym and that's scatterbrained and, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do today because not only are you wasting time, uh, mentally it starts taking a toll on your energy if you go in and you're trying to plan while in the gym versus planning prior to arriving to the gym. So I personally, uh, for my workouts as well as the Finally Fit workouts that are executed in our group classes on Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, I plan those out well ahead of time, right? I even, for the for the virtual classes, I even tried them out myself so I can get the timing down. I know exactly what muscles are impacted by what exercises. Um, and you just, overall, you just want to get a feel for what, what that workout's going to be like, right? So right. when people tell me like, oh, this hurts, you know what I mean? Or they're, they're pointing to a specific, you know, muscle or, you know, part of their body, I can say, okay, either you're, A, either you're doing it right or doing it wrong because I've done the workout prior to class and I can tell you what's supposed to be, you know, what's supposed to be sore or B, you know, okay, you're doing it right. Keep going, push yourself. That's what's how it's supposed to feel. And time, time is key uh, when planning uh, gym time, just because you, you don't want to be in the gym all day, guys. Yeah. You want to get in, 
execute your plan and get out, okay? Those guys that are in the gym for two, two and a half hours, three hours, that's okay, more power to you. I don't wanna say you can't do that, but from an optimal uh, workout, you kinda wanna be in the gym no later than about an hour and 15 minutes max, okay? That's that's probably the most you would wanna push your body in a single session. If you're, if you're planning efficiently, you're executing your exercises um, with a even amount of rest in between each exercise, an hour and 15 minutes tops, in and out. Execute, right. get in, do what you got to do, get out, make sure you rest and recover properly. All right. Our bad if you can hear Alexa in the background. Anyways, <laughs> you know, hey, she just be listening to everything. Look, Amazon decided they're going to plug right. themselves in today. Right. So, so those, hey, well you know right. well you can use I, got, I own amazon too and so you know, I, that's more more money in my pocket as exactly. that side goes up but also you were touching on going to, i was touching on going to the gym yes the finally fit workouts are home based home based again covid stress tested so you can get in shape you don't have to have a gym membership to get in shape or do you you have to have a gym membership to get in shape don't you you do not have to have a gym membership to get in shape okay we are literally living proof of that so my wife and i started our our fitness journey uh, actually really heavy right before the pandemic started. We didn't like the way we looked, and um, we were able to execute our plan that we made for our fitness journey right here in our home or outside. Right? You don't. The gym is an addition to what you need in terms of hitting your goals. Right? You again, you have your body is a weight. Right? So body weight. You don't need to go anywhere for that. This is you wake up with that. Right? And then. As far, as far as cardio is concerned, which you need to start burning calories if you do want to create a deficit and, you know, and lose weight, you can do that outside. You can do it in your living room. Uh, you just need to get your heart rate up uh, in a controlled fashion and then be able to slowly extend that uh, for periods of time, right? So if you're able to do that, which it sounds like you can do without being in the gym, you can have an efficient workout. If you can have an efficient workout, you can be healthy without necessarily owning a gym membership. Right. And then you're talking about feeling sore earlier and like you're doing the exercises yourself so you can understand, you know, what body parts you should be using. How important is form and, you know, where where should form rank when you're starting to work out and like how, how should you prioritize form when you learn how to exercise? Honestly, form should be number one, I think, in the prioritization list. Uh and if it's not number one, it would come second only to effort, right? I can take a person who is giving me 200% effort, even if they are botching form. You know what I mean? Because you're here, you're trying, you just might not have the concept yet. That's fine, right? You're giving me 200%. I can work with that. That's, you know, maximum effort. So effort would technically be number one. But then close, immediately following effort. One, one, I always say it's like the uh, the First Amendment. Right. The First Amendment is like five. It's just all the first. <laughs> it's, it's like the First Amendment is five. They could have easily, you know, made them their own amendment. It's like, nah, these are all the first ones. Gotcha. So that's how I look at it. Just one okay. A and one A. So one A for effort, yeah. right? But one B is form, okay? If you are not executing your exercise correctly, you may not be hitting all of the muscle groups in which the exercise is intended to impact, therefore not producing the desired result. So, you know, if you're doing a curl, but you're just swinging the weights up and down fast. I, when I say a curl, bicep curl, let me be very clear. When you're doing a curl and you're swinging the, the weights up and down and you're, you know, you're not slowing it down and making sure you squeeze the muscle at the top and controlling the weight uh, in the upward motion as well as a return motion. You know what I mean? You're, you're not producing the optimal amount of stress needed to um, rip the proteins in that muscle to be able to allow it to recover later. And then, you know, form the muscle in which you are trying to impact, right? So saying all that to say, form is 
really important to be able to produce the optimal result for your workout. Right. And being when you're sore, that's because your muscles, who, who knew this, but your muscles are actually breaking down. Yes. And then they repair themselves and get stronger. So you actually like rip your muscles. That's, right. Yeah. And then they repair themselves. And that's why you need rest. And they get strong. You get stronger like exactly. that way. And rest is really important to that cycle, guys. If you are not getting enough sleep, you are doing yourself a disservice on your fitness journey. Um, sleep without getting too deep into the weeds of the science of it. Sleep has a cycle that repeats um, on about a two hour basis, right? And during that cycle, at some point in time, your body produces proteins and proteins are what repair the muscles once they've been ripped, right? So if you aren't getting enough sleep, your body isn't undergoing the cycle. If your body isn't undergoing the cycle, you're not getting the proteins, you're not making the proteins, you're not allowing your muscles to recover. And therefore you wake up the next day, you're kind of, you know, you're a little lethargic, uh, your body's sore because your body hasn't repeated that sleep cycle enough time to be able to give your body what it needs to be able to go and tackle today's workout because you're still feeling yesterday's workout. Right. So no, yeah, and obviously drink water for recovery. Oh gosh, <laughs> drink water. <laughs> I hate to say it, so that's one of those things you you feel like you shouldn't have to tell people, right? Hey, like look. drink, but drink water. So I'm I'm gonna make sure I tell you explicitly: drink water, specifically as close as you can get to 64 ounces of water a day. But I mean, I feel like a gallon sometimes is is a, is a little bit much. Um, I would recommend at, at least thirty two, at least thirty two fluid ounces of water a day. Uh, the important thing is how you feel, though. Make sure you stay hydrated. Um, if you really want to get super into it, you can look at you know the coloration of of your urine. Uh, darker the urine, yep, your uh, stool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, if you, you know, look, <laughs> if you aren't, you should be aware of what is being disposed from your body you should be looking at your stools because there, there there are warning signs there right you know smooth stool usually means you know hydration you're you're okay right when i say smooth i mean smooth and solid i know we <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna get too much into the poop talk but you know what i mean like smooth smooth and solid stools you're, you're hydrated as far as urine goes the the uh the lighter the closer to like a lemonade you know lighter lemonade color the more hydrated you are so you want to avoid dark oranges definitely reds if it's if your pee is red please go to the nearest hospital yeah. okay let's 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 be very clear red is bad on any end stool urine you don't want to see red okay right but the lighter your urine you know the more hydrated you are just make sure you are drinking water don't overhydrate okay i know people are out here water doing poisoning these... you can't kill yourself from drinking too much water it's I mean, hard to do but you can do it let's be very clear i mean you get too much water what happens you drown right like don't <laughs> don't drown guys i mean i know that's and drowning is more painful than being lit on fire if you didn't know that you I always mean... choose that option you know, get lit on fire instead of drowning. Is it? I didn't. Internal I didn't pain is worse than external pain. Huh. Now I don't know who they tested to figure out <laughs> if truly drowning was worse than being lit on fire. But word is that external pain isn't as bad as internal pain. Wow, I did not know that. I mean, put it like this: you, I mean, you've all, I mean, I, I've almost drowned. I can't swim, but my man had to save me one time. But you know, when you get the, you can't breathe. Like when you hold your breath, yeah. and that really hurts. Is that worse than like external pain, right? Because that, that's internal. But pain. I've also never been lit on fire before. Well, so well, I mean, I but just any any type of external pain in general, that's what you feel when you get lit on fire. Got you. Right? Okay. So that's regardless. You would think you wouldn't have to tell people to drink more water, but just like in finances. The amount of friction of don't spend more money than you make. Oh my god! Right. Okay, that's fine. The light bulb, right? Yeah. Like that? Okay, yeah. so we gonna make sure we plug y'all in. You know. Yeah. And then obviously from a health perspective, go see your doctor. We're not doctors, so go see your health professional. Jordan will train you, but obviously whatever your doctor says on how you should be handling your diet, you know, not gonna override that decision. Exactly. Right. So yeah, so we, we again, like Corey said, the the doctor has the final. Ultimately, you have the final say, but the doctor has the 
the most informed opinion on how you should be handling your body. So right, exactly. make, definitely take that insight and use it accordingly. Right. So, okay, I'm just going to do it right now. How did y'all like that? Was that good for a question and just feeding back, or would y'all rather have the full flow? Just, just let us know. Now we're gonna try, keep, us, keep, yeah, us just keep it a band. Keep it a Did y'all not? Did you, did you or did you not like that? You want to keep doing that type of stuff? I, mean, I liked so, it. I, I thought it was cool. I look, man. You know. So now I'm biased though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was fitness. So then let's switch to finances, finances. Right. So let's let's see if this is gonna work. Jordan, do you have any finance questions? <laughs> uh, do I have any immediate finance questions? Honestly, Corey, no, no? because you know okay. I, I, I reach out to you a lot, right? Other than this podcast, but exactly. You know. So I always said we're gonna try on the first podcast release on the fir- the first of the month. We'll go more in depth on budget. We did budget last time because that was the first one. So now I know we talked about paying off debt in the last one, but we're gonna go more a little bit more in depth into how to handle debt. Okay. So when it comes to paying off, we're just gonna talk about debt in general but we're going to go more in depth when it comes to actually paying it off. So when it comes to debt, there's a conversation of good debt or bad debt. Okay. And nobody truly knows what it means. In general, when you say bad debt, that is consumer debt, but then you quote unquote need debt to get your credit score up. So for our people in the back, what's consumer debt? Consumer debt, in all honesty, I don't know because I don't even know why the word exists. But cons- <laughs> when, when I, I know what it means, but when I say it, like it's like what consumer debt in short is anything that isn't mortgage debt. Okay. So it's I mean consume. So anything that you buy. Um, I don't know if student loans like is that considered consuming something? But student loans, car loans, credit card debt, um, medical bills if they're not on credit card debt, payday loans, um, title loans. All those, like I said, anything, anything. So literally anything that is not is generally considered. Yeah, that's not your house is generally considered consumer debt. Okay. And you know, each of those debts have well, not each of them. Something. Let's let's talk about the bad debt first, and you guys can disagree on you know what you consider bad debt or not. All right. First type of bad debt: payday loan. This is not a question. This this is not up for debate. Payday loan. The worst type of loan to me is student loans and taxes because you can't bankrupt them. But payday loans charge interest. So for, for clarity, when Corey says you can't bankrupt them, when oh, you yeah. bankrupt. Um, you, you kill your finances, suicide of your finances. Exactly. But a lot of that stuff goes away. So, yeah, that well, doesn't happen I, with student loans and that doesn't happen with what was the other one? And taxes. And taxes. taxes. So that, that means you <laughs> file bankrupt if you want to. You, you, student that, loans will still be there. See, this is why I get sidetracked, but I just have to. So that's why when they talk about student loan forgiveness, if they you can't bankrupt your student loans. So let's say they forgive your student loans. And right now, as it's set, you have to pay taxes on whatever, whatever is forgiven. But then now you owe taxes. And then if you can't pay your taxes, you're in the same situation where you got debt you can't bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Well, I'll get into it's like loans, scooping but, water out of a sinking boat yeah, on the left side yeah. and the right side starts nah, sinking. I, I, like, think the, I think the phrase is it's like clean up uh, piss with water, water with piss. Isn't mm. it? Just, you just, you're not helping the situation. At all. But yeah, so first payday loans though. The interest rate on payday loans, they're so high. I don't, they're, they're triple <laughs> digits. Sometimes, sometimes they can be quadruple digits. And usually payday loans are people who aren't even living paycheck to paycheck. They're living, they're living worse than that. So they need money before they even get paid. And then so they get charged very, very high interest rates. And usually people that need payday loans, since they're living worse than paycheck to paycheck, they use their payday loans to fund their lifestyle. Oh, so wow. they just, 
essentially just continuously use payday loans, payday loans. That's what that's what the lower class use, people in poverty. And that's why the joke is for the middle class, credit cards is their form of payday loans. People just use credit cards to fund their lifestyle. Gotcha. So that's the first thing, payday loans. If you have payday loans, it likely means you have an income issue. The great thing about an income issue is that it's pretty easy to define. Either you do or don't make enough money. I guess I can switch slightly so, into that. So the interest rate on a payday loan is higher than interest rate on credit cards? Oh, you know, no, like six, like ten times oh. at least. Interest rate on pay, payday loans are in the like triple digits. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Before yeah, yeah. the decimal, like hundred percent. Oh, like, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, triple digits. Yeah, yeah like, so that's credit, bad. Credit cards are like 10, 15, 20 percent. Right. A payday loan would be like two hundred fifty percent. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Again, payday loan. Let's say the first. Not even a debate. If you have one, you can reach out to me and I can you know help you pay that off and see what we can figure out. But that's why I said it's. For the middle class, the, their credit card is their pay loan. They use that to fund their lifestyle, fund their lifestyle. And that's why it's like credit card debt. It's just almost, it just seems impossible to get out of oh, wow. if you don't increase your income. And since we're talking about paying off debt, we can talk about income because that's what you use. There are three things you need to look for when it comes to paying off debt or really how your finances are being handled. You either have an income issue, you have an outgo issue, so your expenses, or you have an in- income and an outgo issue, right? For those of you that code, right? If conditions, both of these have to be true. Right. Now, the great thing is when it comes to an income issue, it's very easy to define. What's an income issue? What do we de- deem as an income issue? An income issue means you don't make enough money. Right. And what, what do we call people who don't make enough money? Where are they in? Poverty. So people, <laughs> I mean, so if you're not in poverty, you're going to have a hard time proving that you actually have an income issue, gotcha. right? Cause you're not in poverty and about 20 Pareto distribution, 20% of people are in poverty. So most of you aren't in poverty. So if you don't have an income issue, by definition, you can't have an income and an outgo issue. So what's your issue? Option two. Outgo, your expenses are too high. And now we're talking right back into debt. Remember when, I, remember when I said financial stress, right? Stress, anxiety, anxiety, depression, depression, suicide. And I say you're not anxious and depressed. You're just broke. You have an outgo issue. And a lot of people, they think they have an income and an outgo issue. But they actually have an outgo issue. And their outgo or their expenses is a percentage of their income. So as right, people life, do lifestyle inflation. So as they make more money, they just continue to spend that same amount of money. And once you realize you actually have an outgo issue, not an income issue, you can start attacking your expenses, mainly your debt, and paying things off. So stop spending so much, guys. Yeah, don't spend so much money. So second type of debt. Then I got that out the way so you guys can figure out you know, how to actually pay stuff off. Second thing would be, I don't know where to prioritize this, but I would say credit card debt. Credit, yeah, let's switch from, from oh, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just asking why credit card debt. What, what, what? I would say credit card debt. I would say excluding student loan and taxes. Let me put it this. Student loan and taxes are first just off the strength that you cannot bankrupt them. Always know, especially in the in the credit card game, when people are saying, you know, you can always rehab your credit, always file bankruptcy. Well, you cannot file bankruptcy on taxes and student loans. <laughs> That's why I mentioned last time. If you owe taxes, student loans, they don't have the same power as taxes. But if you owe taxes, it's not even a discussion. They got to go. It's a matter of time. They got to they gotta go. Yeah. And then same thing with student loans, right? You You can't bankrupt those either. And so they just cost so much money. But I'll get I'll get I'll get into student loans after I guess I'll do I'll do car loans after credit cards. Okay, I just gave it up. Gotcha. So, but so for credit cards, I'll just switch to that since I did payday loans first. And so we'll go from the payday loans of the lower class to the payday loans of the middle class, which is credit cards. Gotcha. Credit cards, in general, not in general, ninety percent chance I wouldn't recommend people using a credit card on a monthly basis. I know there's the conversation of you need a credit card 
to get a credit score, you know, out of all the different options to get a credit score. The great thing about credit scores, we hope, is that everyone is graded exactly the same. So one person's method to get a certain credit score, you should be able to apply the same method because we're all being judged the same. Right. So the one thing with credit cards, and I think I didn't intentionally remember, but I think I remember the six things. So on on time payment, I know I'm just so sloppy. People are like, bro, how do you do financial coaching and you don't know what it is? So you got on time payments. Okay. You got utilization. You got the type of credit you have. You have your credit length. You have derogatory marks, and then you have hard inquiries. Gotcha. Right. So a hard, it's just like you can get a soft one. A lot of people. You go try to get a car loan, so I discuss that next, and they always keep running your credit. That's a hard pull on your credit, and that really drops it. I got a hard inquiry this week, Well, guys. yeah, Jordan. Nah, we'll, we'll save that. Okay. We're going to save that for the end or later. We'll, right. we'll, we'll let God handle it, and then we might discuss it later, right? Gotcha. Because it sounds good. You will, you will see. You will, de- you will definitely see. You will. <laughs> if it comes to fruition. Prayers up. No, prayers up, yeah. But um, so when it comes to credit cards, right, people use that the most or recommend use the most to get their credit score up. As we discussed about the on-time payments and the utilization. When I talked about on-time payments, right, you're young, got your first credit card. If you miss one and you're 11 out of 12, you're at a 91%. You've only missed one payment, but you've made 11 out of 12 payments, which is 91%, which is failing. So at what weights your credit score the most, you have an F on it. And to, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then so now the thing is, well open up another credit card. So instead of you getting 12 you know, credit for 12 payments a month, either um, X or check mark for making the payment, you're now getting 24. The issue with that is to get another credit card, what do you have to do? A hard inquiry, which lowers your credit score. Okay, now the hard inquiries or the hard pulls on your credit, they stay for two years, right? But they only impact your credit score for one year. But how often do they say you should apply to increase your credit, which usually does a hard pull on your credit? They say you should do it every six months. Oh, wow. So if it stays... I mean, that sounds like I'm a setup trying, to me. I'd be Look. trying to help, but I just, I, when I listen to it, I'm like, this is just such a scam. That's why I'm just, I'm just not anti-debt, but you have to be so well-versed and have someone in your corner who is on how it works. So if listen to what I just said. If you do a hard pull on your credit, it lasts for a year, and that lowers your credit score. Then they recommend you increase your credit limit every six months, which usually does a hard pull. So that means if you if you abide by that and every six months you're increasing your credit and you're wondering why your credit score is not going up, it's because you keep having hard pulls on your credit. That's like literally hitting you with the reverse card off Uno. Like, right, you know what I mean? like right. they switching so it up. That goes to hard inquiries. Now, derogatory marks, this is, I guess, you know, like getting suspended in, in school or something like that. This is just you acting bad with it, not having on-time payments. This is where fraud could pop up. Obviously, if you have fraud, you know, it's not your fault, so you get that pulled off. But derogatory marks, that's you just being a bad apple. Okay, next thing is... So, wait, if, I, if I'm... Miss a payment. Right? Not if you I, miss a payment. This would be like collections type stuff. Okay. I could be wrong on this because they change it up all the time. This is like actual like bad stuff. Not if you miss a payment. Okay. But because I was gonna say that's a, that's a double negative. No, no, no. Miss a payment and well, then you get a derogatory mark. Well, this it is a double, but it's not if you miss a payment because if you miss a whole bunch of payments, eventually you'll be in collections. Okay. And that's why it's, again, that's why it's so hard to get your credit up because now you got so much weighing it down from percentage standpoint. Got right? it. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then the next thing is oh, credit length. This is the fun. The, the credit length is the funniest thing. If you want to have the best credit length average, you apply for one credit card the day you turn 18 and you never get any more debt. Because the way math works, as you apply for new loans, as time goes on, your average is going to continue to get lower and lower and lower, right? If you apply for one credit card when you turn 18, seven years later, your average length will be 
seven seven years. Right. But if you apply for another one three and a half years in, it'll now be three and a half years. So now, <laughs> so, <laughs> now most people don't do that. And again, I, I reversed it as far as percentage-wise. So derogatory marks, hard pulls, and limp, they don't impact as much as utilization and on-time payments. But again, it's all weighted together. So when you're listening to people give all this different advice, you see how, why it's so hard for some of you who wants to get closer to that 760, 750, that quote unquote, a range floor of a credit score. That's why it's so hard because you're, you're not, you're not managing your percentages, right? When it comes to your credit. Gotcha. Okay? So for average length, again, I mean, it's just, that's just simple math. You, the more, the more loans you apply for that automatically, that's going to do a hard pull when you get a new loan. Right. Right. And then on top of that, it's going to low, it's going to lower your average length. Jeez. Right. And that's why they also say though, not to close your credit cards. Gotcha. Right. So if you got a credit card at 18, right. And then seven years later, you close that credit card and apply for a new one. Now you're back at zero for your average length. So that's why they always recommend not to close your credit card. So I have heard that before. So, but, but what happens when you have a credit card and you, you just don't use it for a while? Right. right. So you have to speak explicitly with, you know, your credit card provider on what the um, inactivity uh, time limit is. It's usually a year. It might be, it's usually always at least a year. Okay. But it's, it, it's once, as long as you don't use it within that year, then they'll terminate. But usually now they'll send you a notice and things of that nature. Gotcha. Some, but some credit cards though, they charge you, um, not a maintenance fee to keep the card open. Okay. So you probably, but again, this, this depends. I mean, there's so many credit cards out there. You have to speak particularly with the credit card company that you're with, but yeah, it's usually about a year. And if you don't use it, then it becomes inactive. But again, with the credit bureaus, your credit bureaus don't have any information. They just have the information that the banks send them. So Equifax, TransUnion, FICO, and Experian, they actually don't have any credit card information. The banks, you know, if you got something like a Victoria's Secret, they send them that information. Okay. Now we're getting to the technical things. Okay. What you, when I'm putting information in a file, what's in the file is what the credit card company receives. They have no control on the information in the, in the actual file they receive from the bank. Okay. So for some people who try to get something removed off their credit and they might have, they got it removed right off Experian and then they want to know why it appears back up. It's because the file that the bank is sending still has whatever the issue is you got removed off your credit. So if you were, you don't want to remove it, you do want to remove it from Experian, wherever the credit bureau is, but it also has to get removed from the file that the bank or the credit card company is sending to the credit bureaus. Because as long as it's in that file that they're sending, It'll right, it's going to keep showing up over and over and over again. Yeah, that's, we don't want that. Now, you know, we I definitely mean, don't want that. Look, man. <laughs> if there's something you want removed off and it's lowering your credit. Okay, so that's average length. Then after average length would be, what did I say? Average length. Derogatory marks. Derogatory marks. One-time payments. One-time payments. I missed one. Average length. Utilization. Yeah. On-time payments. There's four that I feel like I skipped one. On-time payments. Utilization. Excuse me, y'all. Hard inquiries. Um, average length. Derogatory marks. Now I'm at five. I guess I'm just slipping. I guess we can wind it back. Anyways, let's just go to utilization. I'll probably pick it up afterwards. Sounds so good. Utilization, we discussed that last time. Again, you want to keep it, as I was saying, you missed that one payment, right? Now you see how you're on time. You're on time. <laughs> you missed that one payment, right? And if you miss that one payment, your utilization is likely higher. So now what is the two that are weighted the most over 50% of your credit score, they're both getting dragged down. And that's why people always say you got to get out of credit card debt and you can't miss a payment. Because if your utilization, your on-time payments are messed up. Right. That's it. Shot to the grave. The one good thing about utilization is it's the 
You can fix derogatory marks right away, you know, but you have to put in some work for that. But you can fix your utilization literally instantaneously, right? You can have 100% utilization, and then you can pay it all up, and you drop right back down to zero. So that's the, I would say it's a good thing. So wait, that's the benefit of that. Isn't there something that you have to do with the timing in terms of utilization to make sure that... Right, it, the timing with the utilization, but this is when we go back to using a debit card like a credit card and get back into gym badges. Gotcha. I'm just going okay. from an overall standpoint how the credit score works. Again, I don't recommend 90% of the people use it on a consistent basis. I understand people, especially when you're talking about doing getting a loan, I mean, excuse me, a mortgage, you usually need a credit score for that. Okay. And most financial institutions no longer do manual underwriting, which is what is essentially existed before the credit score. Credit score existed, I think, like, came out in like 1980, 81. So it's, it's very new from an economic standpoint and how our finances work in the United States. So you can, you can get a loan without having a credit score, but that's called manual underwriting. And most financial institutions don't do that anymore because it's more expensive. They can just cookie cut all the loans now, right, with the computer and the credit score. Gotcha. So that, that's the one hesitation with telling people not to have a credit score. But if you work with me, you're going to be in a high cash position, so you really don't need one when you're applying for a loan when you can get that manual underwriting because you're going to come with that 10 15 20%, 30% down payment for the house. Hey. hey. So, I mean, there are... You got to balance it on both sides. It's not, hey, don't just have a credit score and then to do what you want. That's the one thing, too. There's a, a lot of steps in this process. So shout out to Sideline Corey, showing you how credit works <laughs> and then telling you not to use it. Showing you that. <laughs> well, the one, that's why the one thing with, with credit, as I said, we all get graded the same. So, I mean, if my credit score higher than yours, I understand what the friction is on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to say where mine is, but it, it is it is high. Shout out to the people who have 800 though. I haven't gotten there yet, but that's because I pay I was there, but I paid off my car loan. That's the one that's the one thing too about credit. So you you have to you, so technically I close an account, but like you know I got less debt now, right? And then I don't understand when my score drops. Drop like four points. So your score drops when you pay, pay things off, off guys. Right. That's that's what Corey's yeah. saying. Well, it's yeah. not because I paid it off. It's because the, the, the account, account, account closed. closed. Right. But that's why did the account car, close? Car loan because it's a car loan. That's it. Okay. A car loan is an installment now. Excuse me, an installment loan. It's not revolving debt like a credit card or okay. like a home equity loan. So you know, once you pay it off, it's technically closed, and then that that drops the account. Oh, that's what I'm about. Yeah. That's the one I missed. The open accounts, the type of open accounts. And I was saying all the different things. Okay. So again, utilization. You want to keep under that 30%, 29% threshold. But the great thing about it is when you're getting out of debt, you're going to be paying your credit cards off. So your utilization is going to drop right down to 0% once you pay it off. So you're going to go on that end. Exactly. When it comes to types of accounts, that's all the type of loans that we're going to be discussing. We said good debt, bad debt. They usually look for types of accounts slash open accounts. They usually want you to be in the, again, here's the scam. You won't usually want to be in like the double digits for type of loans you have actively open. But how many times, that means you have to apply for 11 loans. So how, and if the, if the hard pool is required for you to get a loan, that's going to take you at least 11 years to get that many, which wow. for most of us trying to buy a house right under 30, that's just not feasible. The good thing is though, you can get an 800 credit score without having to have all these, um, these account opens, accounts, which is, which is why not that I'm anti anti credit or anti debt, but it's, people play it the wrong way with the way things are weighted truthfully i only had i had two i had two credit cards and i did when i was in college like most people max it was only a thousand dollars that yeah. joint was always about 900 950 and i was just getting gas to so, get by so was your first credit card a secure credit card no 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 no, no. Okay. it wasn't that, that's the one thing too for me 
just do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Nike. Yeah. But, hey, I didn't wear the, and I got the shorts on today. But, <laughs> you know, people do the, you know, you can get on, you know, a relative's who has good credit and then you can get all their credit history. The issue with that is you got to start earning your own stripes. I know everybody like Lion King, Simba, but you got to earn your stripes out here. Tiger, legacy type stuff. No hey. referees, no zebras, but you got to earn your stripes. So for me, I want you to earn that because like we always say, you got to build your habits exactly. and be accountable. But if you if you just, and you can't inherit a, a credit score, but I guess you can from that standpoint where you can just get their history, which I guess is inheritance in that standpoint. Right. But if you, if you don't know how to use credit properly and then you boom you just get an 800 credit score because you had your mom or your dad had an 800 and you get all their credit history i don't recommend that that's not the move because then it, you have to know something about credit and it doesn't take that long to get an 800 credit score and you actually i mean you don't need it by what i mean 30 i mean you can get it before 30 i mean why you don't need an 800 credit score especially if you got all that debt anyways but back to the types of loans so usually they want to see Sorry. as always you're good Usually when we be talking, got to drink water. <laughs> a little parched out here. Right. Usually they want to see, as always, lots of credit cards. But the, with credit cards, you just got to keep applying and applying and applying to get new ones. They want these types of accounts for, for this section. They're all different accounts. So it is different from you having a credit card, right? And let's say you increase your balance and you get like a whole new credit card. Right. That's that's technically still viewed as one account. It's like, get, even though you know, have a different card, you know, a different number, that's yeah. like getting a whole new line of credit accessible to you. And that's what they look for. And then I said, again, but that they're looking for that really pre-mortgage, right? Because once you get the more, really you just need a credit score to get the mortgage, right? You're just building your credit score up until you get the mortgage. And after that, you know, why do you really need that? Gotcha. Right. So, Credit's essential for property. In the words of Joe Budden, when he was talking to uh, Lil Duvall, he said, oh, you want to get into real estate, you want to have credit. You can pay for stuff cash. And that... that <laughs> okay, yes and no, right? So for those of us who don't have cash for properties, right? right. What's with, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if, you're working, if you're working with me, I'm a, you're going to get humbled real quick. I'm going to yeah. tell you, you probably don't have the money to even... If, to use the credit that you're trying to get. If you want to use credit, you have to have a lot of cash on hand or discretionary income. They're most Again, that's why people have so much credit card debt. If you have credit card debt and it's non-medical bills, right, not due to lack of you being underinsured, the only reason you have credit card debt is because you were spending more money than you make. I don't care what people say. You can fight me on that all you want. But okay. if you, even if, like we said, even if you use a credit card, right, as quote unquote a debit card, and as long as you're spending less money than you make, you should never have credit card debt. But then when it gets to credit card debt, it's not like people have, you know, one, two, that. Like, they have more than they make in a month. Yeah. And then the one thing with credit card debt is people put, you know, put your bills on there. And a lot of people say, no, I pay my bills. Like, you don't, when you make a transaction on a credit card, the credit card company pays that bill for you. So let's say you put your light bill on your credit card. Right. Your light bill is paid. Okay. The credit card company pays that for you. Then you're paying them the money back. But let's say you also say you have a hundred dollar charge for your light bill. People are like, damn, hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> Cut your lights off, ladies and right. gentlemen. You got a hundred dollar charge for your light bill, and let's say you go spend a hundred dollars at Target, right? So you got two hundred dollars. Right. You're like, oh, I'm gonna make the hundred dollar light bill payment that I budgeted for, and then that also includes my. So let's say your minimum payment is twenty dollars, right? So that's all inclusive. I'm like, oh, I pay hundred twenty dollars. I'm good. I got eighty dollars left, and I pay my light bill. You didn't pay your light bill. The light, your credit card company paid your light bill. You still owe two hundred dollars. You gave them one twenty. Now you just owe eighty, and then that interest gets charged in that eighty. It, you actually don't pay the bill. I know you get credit for it. And you know they're not looking for the money, right? But it it actually doesn't work that way. The credit card company pays the bill, and that's why you owe them money because you can't say, hey, 
you know, I paid my, I paid my light bill. Right. They're gonna look at you like, no, we paid your light bill, and you just owe us money in general. We really don't care what it was for. <laughs> <laughs> so, so people, people sometimes get confused on that. And then the last thing is on-time payments, which I touched on. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And so if you miss an on-time payment, <sighs> don't do it. Yeah, that, just like, don't miss don't miss a payment. That yeah. is the one we talk about drinking water. When yeah. it comes <laughs> when it comes to people who are pro credit, never miss a payment. Yeah. You can't afford to do that. You gotta wait seven years for that to get off your credit. Sorry. It's no other way around it. Right. Go ahead. So you mentioned discretionary income mm-hmm. before. So so elaborate. Okay, a bit discretionary more income. All right, you know me. Always back to the. I talk the budget all day. Gotcha. So when it comes back to discretionary income, again, budget income. How much money you make gets debited. I mean, deposited into your account. Funny thing is, when money gets put into your account, it's called a credit. <laughs> they didn't try with these words <laughs> at all. So it's called a credit, right? Then outgo, right? Your expenses. That's the money that's being debited from your account, right? So you subtract your outgo from your income. You have a certain amount of money left over. We talked about the financial house, food, shelter, clothing, transportations, transportation, excuse me, insurance and emergency fund. Then you're going to add in your debt payments, right? And then that's it. So the, there are only four things you can pay for. Your necessities, debt, investments, and then your lifestyle. And usually that's the order you should pay for them. Most people usually most people <laughs> usually put lifestyle and debt at the very tippy top. I was like, that's the keyword is should. Yeah, right? that's, <laughs> when, that's when I get back to that grocery bill. It should be your first line item. Most people put debt and lifestyle at the very top. But you should pay for your necessities first. If you have debt, you have to pay for that second because it's an obligation. You don't pay for necess- uh, debt over necessities. Then you should invest before you inflate your lifestyle and add to your lifestyle. Right. So when it comes to your lifestyle, that's where discretionary income would be. Gotcha. So when... After you spend all your money, you're investing, doing whatever you want to do, whatever money you have left over, again, that leftover amount is what I always use. You have a certain amount of money left over. Okay. That's your discretionary income. And discretionary income literally means at your discretion, it's money you can use. But the way I work, uh-huh. it's not that I don't believe in discretionary income, it's a thing, but that's right. why I say the leftover amount. You should, as we said, you should be spending literally every penny that you make. So you do have, quote unquote, discretionary income, money that you use at your discretion, but you are intentionally spending literally everything that comes into your bank account gotcha yeah okay yeah discretionary income is cool that that's what i talk about getting on a budget and paying off debt because really your debt payments that's your discretion that that's right that, that can instantly be a discretionary income and then you decide at your discretion how you want to invest save for vacations so allotting those extra funds to right. that debt right etc cetera, etc cetera. gotcha all right boom so now we did payday loans we did title we did credit cards and now we're gonna do car loans which we talked about too last time with with the budget so for car loans if you got one, make it your last one. <laughs> it's the rule is it should well, not the rule, but recommended if you're for those people who are married. If your car, how much you have in vehicles, things with engines in them, things that go down in value, that should be no more depreciating than, assets. Yeah, depreciating assets, no more than fifty percent of your household income. So that's pre-tax. So if you make hundred k pre-tax, you need no more than fifty k. You know, in vehicles, lawnmowers, all these type of things. The one thing about that though is twenty five thousand dollars is a lot. You know, married couple twenty five thousand right. dollars is a lot for a car. Men, you're usually gonna have to have the worst car, right? She got the soccer mom, the minivan, so you might have to drive. You know, the four door Honda that has two hundred thousand miles on it. We're getting your money up. <laughs> hey, that is what it is. But for car loans, like it's, like we said, both of us. We're gonna pay. We're, we paid ours off because we're, we we're not gonna sell our cars. We're not. So I would only recommend selling your car for those who want to get out of debt. If you can't get out of debt in under two years, 
and that include paying your car off. It's going to take you longer than two years right. to get out of debt with that car loan you have. Yeah, you might need to look at selling it. And that includes also the 50%. So if you make, like me, at the time, 40K and you have a 33K car loan, yes. you should sell it. But if you can pay off your debt in two years, which I did, you get to keep it. You get to oh, keep it. Oh, look how that worked. Look how that worked. You got to put in a lot of work now, though, to get your income up. And let's be very clear. We like our cars. We did pay them off. But cars get you from point A to point B, guys. Okay? So at the end of the day, you just need a car that is safe and it, i know you guys can't see it but i got my air quotes up for safe you can see it so, on youtube okay <laughs> that are safe and as long as it gets you from your you know your starting point to your destination it, it's fulfilled its purpose right? right so i say that to say you know spend wisely right and the, the one thing is too though it's because it's just so it's just so much stuff on the internet there it seems to be a clear-cut transition at least when i see from cars there are people like Especially people like us who had, you know, you had their high school, college car. Right. And that joint was, if you've ever had a car die on you while you were driving, Listen. you know exactly what we mean when we say, like, bro, I just need a joint to work. Right. Like, if, you, if you've ever been driving a car and it turned off, <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. So now, I mean, that's why you put in the word to get, you know, better cars to provide, you know, I mean, do the maintenance on them so it doesn't happen. Right. But look, I just need, I just need, uh, I need something that can go, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour because I can't run that fast. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's pretty much it. But I do see people, not in mass, but more than I normally was seeing over the last few years, saying, yeah, I kind of just need a car. Can I get there efficiently? That's right. where I'm at. Let but I would say this, and on, on the same wavelength, the FOMO social media posts of the, instead of paying, you know, your $20,000 for your Honda or Toyota, so you have less maintenance, but instead you pay $20,000 for your luxury vehicle yeah. with more maintenance, just so you could post that your nails have done. Now I'm taking a shot at women. Ooh. But just so you can post that your nails have done in your Starbucks cup, it's like, bro, don't the maintenance isn't worth it on vehicles. And that's the one thing with vehicles. The maintenance goes up as the car gets older. Listen, <laughs> I never forget. I had a, a, a Passat, man. I had a Passat when I was in yeah, high school. Yeah, Volkswagen. And, German, yeah, so. and it's, it, I love the car, right? Inherited, you know, inherited the car. I mean, I paid for it, but it was also, you know, a previous family car. And just from where it was, it was, it was a lot to maintain, man. It was, it, at the time, right? I wasn't making the income I'm making now. And it, it, was, it, was, it was a lot. Right. So. No, exactly. And we do... See, we are. See, if this went two hours, we wouldn't know. Y'all would know technically before us because you would be looking at it and say, "Oh, this is two hours." We are aware of the time, so I guess I'm just gonna go a little, you know, the rest of the day. And then Keep I going. guess I guess they want to let us know if they like how I it mean, is. The energy's still right, here. You good? Here. Exactly. Let's get All it. Right. So we done car loans again. Debt on an appreciating asset. That's just the conversation that I just want to have with people. Again, I understand taking out debt, using your leverage to make more money, but cars go down in value. Immediately. Immediately. I mean, as soon as you drive it off the lot. Instantaneously. So I've never heard the, yeah, I know, and I get it. Some people are in a tough situation. Now I can get into taxes and saying how we should use our tax money. But, you know. Are we going to say that for another time? You said what? We gonna say oh, that yeah. for another time? Getting the taxes and, you know, how our money should be distributed as far as like Medicare, Medicaid. Yeah, that's that's not about that. Gotcha. But but people, you know, people are struggling, single parents, right? They really just need a good vehicle, right? Yeah. And the maintenance is what's sucking them dry. But then they go and get into debt for that vehicle. And that's what uh, ends up screwing them over. So, yeah, car loan, pay it off. You got it. Never go into debt again for a car loan. I will never recommend that. I will, especially now with Uber and Lyft. And this is go back to the team. You don't got no butt. For those of y'all who, for those who don't know, I'd be cussing a lot. This is why I'd be stopping and breathing. So I have to, <laughs> I have to calm down, right? But for those of you, again, your bro, your sis, y'all can't get a ride to work for a month or two. 
Okay, we're just gonna leave. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna. I mean, we gonna stop right there. Yeah, because <laughs> y'all be looking foolish. Like, you gotta catch a ride, save that money, right. and pre. Look, Uber going left. back to the budget, right? right? You can pre-allocate that right. money. You know, or, I'm sorry, pre pre-plan to save for the vehicle that you want and right. then pull up and cash flow that right. vehicle, right? And you then, then go into debt for that. And then for those of you who ever charge gas money, to, I mean, there are a lot of scammers out there. Gas money is the biggest scam because <laughs> let's say a guy, I mean, we were in high school, gas was in that three, $4 range, right. but an average gallon of gas gets you 20 miles. Why do you need $10? <laughs> what? Who's charging 10? You got people that are charging you 10? Well, five. I had to, I, I, had to I had to put five on it. Well, that's that's twenty miles. I mean, I, I live a, I don't, I barely live a mile away from the school. And why do you need five dollars? I remember one time, well, this is two of my teammates. One of them, one of them did take me home, but he was going. This white guy, and so I knew he just wanted me to ride with him. Gotcha. But he was taking a guy home that lived right by me, uh-huh. and I was like, I'll, I'll just take me to his house. Right, like, it's, it's you know, it's a shorter walk for me. Then one of my mans, he would always be like, Nah, Corey, I'm not taking you home. Taking you home where I live at. You've been in my house, but it's, uh, the road is called Chapel Gate, and that's like a big vein of like just the neighborhood and where I live at. People go to high school there, right? And so he was driving through there, and I'm like, "Bro, Chapel Gate, like, is my backyard? Like, yeah. you, you, I'm like, you're going to drive by my house? Like, you don't got to turn off the road or nothing." <laughs> and this is going like we in the summer. He's I'm a junior, he's a senior, and so he's like, "I'm not taking you home, I'm not taking you home." Like, All right, then he's like, "One day he's like, all right, Corey, you know, we've been thrown for like two hours. I didn't watch them throw, right? Like, I didn't really throw like that, but we didn't we didn't work out like an extra two hours, and he finally takes me home." And then, like, he actually was like, I'm going to take you to your house. And then literally just make that tight, this one little left. And then I'm like, all right, stop. He's like, dang, you live right here? I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, I was like, I would have been taking you home. I'm like, I know. You, right. just <laughs> <laughs> you just wouldn't listen to me. That's my man. That's my man, RJ, gotcha. in the CFL. But no, uh, for those of you who charge gas, yeah, especially now as an adult, I couldn't even imagine charging adult friends that need a ride. Like, even Jordan. Jordan lives damn near an hour away from me if he needed a ride to work i wouldn't want well, now that we have uber and lyft i would just pay for him to get an uber I about to that's say. what I, I would just pay for your uber if you like needed it that bad i mean and you my mans but if i'm calling you for a ride to work I've, I've yeah so jordan, li- jordan lives an hour away from planet. me right he's married he has in-laws like you know there's you know, this, you know i'm up on that list i'm actually high on the list he is he is <laughs> you know I, I'm, very, I'm very proud to say he's on my emergency contact list. Yeah, really. I'm actually high on the list. I was going to put him in my favorites because he keep calling me and tell his wife, like, don't call Corey. I'm like, I even know to call your sister. So if you don't, I'm going to know where your sister's at. That's your top emergency contact besides your wife. But no, yeah, people charge for, like, if you got friends, I mean, some people do do it now. They will charge people for gas money like yeah. they're adult friends. And it's like, bro, five, ten dollars Where am I going 40 miles? That's how much ten dollars is Now, what's the frequency though? Like that. So I've had I've had friends in the past charge me. You know, tell me I got to put five on it, right? But it's not every trip. Right. So that like, goes okay. back to the team. So I'm not just taking you to work. Right. Part of the stipulation is getting your money right so you can get the car in a month or two. You know, whatever we figure out. Gotcha. And as long as you execute that, then it's that's that's the payment. Right. But if you don't, then you're not gonna get no ride. Now, I mean, I'm not the type of person where I would end up doing that. I would. I never charge people for gas money you know like in high school i was yeah. one of the first people with a license so gotcha i didn't ever charge people I, two of my friends they owe me unlimited unlimited <laughs> gas <ride. laughs> yeah i was definitely more the pay it forward type of person right? right like once i finally got my own you know right that's what i'm saying means. these are these are close people on your team this isn't like somebody who like just hit you up like yo i need a ride i might give them one these are like people again you want to grind with you want to take trips with things like that that are actually key parts of your team you know you want to be with long term in your life right okay now we've done payday loans, we've done credit card debt, and car we've loan. done car loans. So now what's left is 
we got mortgages, we got student loans, and we have um, taxes. Hmm. I don't know which one. I'm, probably, I'm, list, I'm leaving a few off. We could talk about um, personal loans or a signature loan. A signature loan literally is a signature loan. You walk into the bank and they pretty much just give you a loan based off your signature. Just, just straight like They're that? They're usually, you usually can't get a whole bunch of money for them. Right. You can get a few thousand dollars for them. Then there are personal loans, which are sort of the same thing as signature loans, but right. they just do a little bit more, you know, in-depth research Got on you. you as far as, you know, your credit and things like that. But again, for those of y'all who know this stuff, it depends on the financial institutions. So don't even come at me about that. <laughs> I know it depends on the bank and where you go. Okay. And then... Um, is that just like for like an immediate turnaround type of situation though? Pretty, like, pretty much personal loans and signature loans, they're... Um, their credit card, oh Jesus, this is a loan I forgot to talk about when it came to credit cards. Yeah. It's like doing, uh, what is it called? You take the money off for credit card. Cash advance. That's pretty much, when you do a cash advance on a <laughs> I know what that I can't is. Believe I, do I, that. Do I, can't, that. I can't believe I skipped the cash. That's, that's really what a payday loan is, a cash advance. Oh, wow. And that's, okay. And that's why you knew a credit card. You know on a credit card, I do a cash advance. So right. a cash advance on a credit card, let's say you have, real life example for me, a $10,000 limit, right? You just got this credit card. Uh You can do a cash advance. Again, depends on the financial institution and their credit card policies, but you can usually get up, up to the full amount, a hundred percent. Right. So I had a lady come in, this is, she, she couldn't have been 21 and she wanted a cash advance. She wanted all $10,000 and she had never used the credit. Like it, she hadn't even had a statement before. So like she had just got it. Oh, wow. And the, and I'm thinking, this is when it's like, I know the rules, but it's like, there's no way she knows. Like, <laughs> there's no way. So this they is one, the, she don't know. these Nobody are one of the her. things where I not only verify with my coworkers, I looked in the manual. I also asked my supervisor because on it for how cash advance work, because the interest gets charged daily. Right. So <laughs> y'all, if the interest is, let's say 10%, right? And you take out ten thousand dollars. The next day, you owe eleven thousand dollars <laughs> daily. Daily, like. <laughs> so I had to, I had to bear because I'm like, I'm looking like I told her, you know, this is gonna like you're gonna owe eleven thousand dollars tomorrow. She's like, that's fine, and that's why the cash, the interest rates are so high on cash advances. Like in today's society, what do you truly need cash for? Right? right. Most people are taking, you know, debit card, credit card for things, and then the same thing with payday loans. That's where people that would pay their loans get screwed. They usually don't have debit cards or credit cards, right? People gotcha. in property, they're on EBT, so they need that, that cash to buy things. You can only buy certain things right. with government subsidy, subsidy money, government money from money, subsidized money from the, I don't know, y'all know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> when you get a government subsidy, you can't just buy anything you want with it. Right. Right, so that's where cash advance, and that's that's pretty much just like a personal loan, a signature loan work, uh-huh. except the, in, the interest rate isn't as high, and that's but again, the the amount of money you can get is usually lower because okay. they don't do as much, um, you know, background checks as far as your credit like they would do with a credit score. Gotcha. Right. Okay, and then so we talk about I guess a new mortgages now, so we can get into HELOCs and home equity loans. So a mortgage, everybody knows what mortgages. Mortgages, how you get a house. Yes. We're not gonna get into primary residence versus investment using yeah, investment properties because it's at the end of the day, it's still a mortgage. Um, when you get a mortgage, you usually got thirty year and you got fifteen year. You have for the term, and then you also have uh, ARM, which is adjustable rate mortgages, which will change the interest rate. So most, almost every loan, your interest rate is fixed. Yeah. But there are mortgages that have ARMs or adjustable rate mortgages where the interest rate will adjust. So they're usually, I think the most popular one, it might be 228, but it might be 327. It's just relative, you know, 28 plus two is 30. So that's that's the term. 
Um, but so for two years, you'll have a fixed rate, and that's usually very, very low. And then for 28 years, you will have an adjustable rate. And by adjustable, that means um, variable. So it can change whenever it wants, and it can change within the same year, fluctuate. It can change within the year. And usually, it goes up, not down. And especially in time like now, when interest rates are extremely low, right. it can't, well, we don't know. It might, it might adjust to negative, but right now they're going a little bit up. But you know, <laughs> when interest rates are low, they can't adjust low. They can only adjust up. Right. So that's the one bad thing with arms. Never, never recommend getting an arm. Always right. recommend getting a fixed fixed rate for your interest rate when you get a mortgage. Then you got the term length, 30-year versus 15-year. Most people will get a 30-year. 30 30-year 30 decreases your um, minimum payment because when you get any type of loan, you have the disbursement amount or the principal amount. That's mm-hmm. how much money the bank is lending you or loaning you. Then you have the term length, which is usually calculated in months like for a car loan, they calculate months. So a car loan will have a 72, uh, 72 for its term. And what is seven? That's six years, right? right? For that versus a mortgage, it'll be calculated in 30. And that's actually 30 years, 15 years. So mortgage is usually the only one that's viewed in years when you see the term length. And since you got a longer term length, that means you'll be able to make your payments over along with the time. So your minimum payment decreases versus getting a 15 year same disbursement amount so let's say $300,000 they now need that in 15 years so you obviously got to give them more money right but with a 15 year I guess it's just the benefit of the product they're going to decrease your interest rate so that's more the benefit on that standpoint so you pay you you obviously be paying less money because you're paying it off faster with a 15 year but on top of that your interest rate is lower gotcha so yeah. Corey we're in a situation where we have to you know get a loan for our mortgage which uh recommendation are you making are we taking a 15 year or 15. If this i mean this this has been two years in the discussion i mean now it's just just playing yeah. the cards that are at the hands no I, the i recommend 15 year okay for most people but again the one let's just not skip to we're getting a mortgage loan okay right let's go back to you had to get on a budget first. Okay. Step at the one. time, at, right? <laughs> at the time you were engaged, so you were in the process of merging your finances. You weren't married when you got started this, right. But, right? So you had to merge your finances and get on the same page with your fiance, then fiance, but your wife at the time, right? Then on top of that, what did you do for two years? We said in the first episode, we paid, paid off a hundred k in debt. We did <laughs> locked in. So yeah. that's what I say for me when I do my financial coaching. I will coach you based off of what you want. And so, you know, I guess I brainwashed y'all because that's all I knew at the time. I'm I'm way more flexible now because I know more. But it's, as you can see now, going through the home buying process, you, especially, this is the thing. In 2018, COVID hadn't happened. For those who don't know, this literally may go down as the craziest seller's market in the history of real estate. Literally, people are buying houses without doing inspections, without without seeing them. How do you 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 buy buy a house house without without looking at it? That's like buying a car without test driving it. That's the equivalent. It's crazy. And people aren't getting inspections. So it's it's real crazy right now. And it's pretty much a bidding war, right? It's a seller's market, but it's it's crazy white hot. And it's a good time to be in a high cash position and also also have less debt because when you're getting a loan, they're looking at, yeah. Your debt to income ratio. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it all comes full circle. That's, and that that's what I do. I don't, most people already have the mortgage, right? The older you are, more like have a mortgage. But for people, you know, under 30 who are, you know, in our age bracket when we started in our mid 20s, right? You can curve your way to put yourself in a better position in your late 20s and 30s. But you got to, you know, you got to reach out to me or I'll give you, you know, information for other people gotcha. and get started. But no, don't just go and get a mortgage and you, and you don't have a budget. Don't save up the most money you ever saved 
in your life and then liquidated to get debt because that's really what most people do gotcha the most money they ever save they put it right down on down payment either for a car or for a house and when you do it for a house that's called being house, house poor. poor and you don't want to be poor that's the other confusing thing when i was talking about taxes yeah. my goal is to uplift people permanently from poverty and being poor hey. but for some reason there's friction on that we don't we don't we want less poor people we don't want to make it so people can thrive in poverty gotcha. right or survive poverty. we want to get people out of it right so that's when that, that standpoint you don't want to be house poor and putting yourself in a high cash position will prevent that so i know banks produce products and you know of course loans are those right so, mm-hmm. but, so just to be clear there is never a position that you would recommend a a arm a, a and no 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 okay. an adjustable rate mortgage yeah i mean <laughs> teach their own Okay. I mean, All right. The I way I to look, be clear. At the end of the day, <laughs> it's my finances and it's your finances. I got like, you. I always say, no, I'm. I could be a jerk, but I'm. I'm empathetic with future you. Right. Like, so you can go ahead and get the arm, and I can help you manage the arm. But I, I just recommend you don't. Just don't do it. Okay. <laughs> that, that's what I always say. Is like you can live this lifestyle, but you're probably not willing to put in the work to get out of it if the negative things happen. I know the information to get out the negative things. Let's say with finances. You probably talking about mental makeup. You don't got what it takes to go through bankruptcy, <laughs> which that's a good thing, by it the is. way. That's a good thing. Let it, I mean, that, that can end your marriage, right? I mean, you know. So I, you know, let's not go through bankruptcy. Sorry right. that I'm trying to help you avoid going through bankruptcy. So we're putting Evil the necessary me. steps so right. we don't have to have to endure yeah, that. That's right? defensive measures. Yep. And then so for the thirty year, a lot of people like doing that because you can instead of a fifteen year, let's just say it's a five hundred dollar difference. Um, between your, let's say your 15 year would be $2,000 for your mortgage. And let's say your 30 year would be $1,500. And we're just going to not talk about pity, which is principal, um, interest taxes and insurance. We're just talk about your just general mortgage payment. People would say, Hey, take out that 30 and use that. If you want to put the $500 towards it mm-hmm. and pay it off like a 15 year, then do that. But then discretionary income and cash flow, right? You have that $500 in your budget if you ever need it. For me, again, back to defining goals. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Like we, we did this before you even got the loan. It's what I tell y'all. When do you want to pay off the house? Exactly. That's more important than whether or not you get a 30 or 15 year. So let, so let me ask you this, right? Why don't people want to pay off their house in the fastest amount of time possible? Like why? Why does I don't, it seem like I don't like leave? actually know why. I know why from a math standpoint. Again, that five hundred dollar difference. Right. They say you know you can invest that and make more. The issue is again, I play numbers. Most people don't have money in their retirement, so I don't know who was doing this. They gotcha. didn't do it well. Okay. That, see now I can switch to retirement. But why do you think catch up contributions exist? It's because people I mentioned last time, but people underfund their retirement so much. But to slight side note. If you are underfunding your retirement mm-hmm. for essentially almost 30 years, right. what are the chances you have enough money to actually make use of the catch-up contribution limit, right? So at 50, just quick side note, you can invest $6,000 right now to a traditional IRA or Roth IRA in total. Once you turn 50, the catch-up contribution limit gets increased by 1000 so it's 7000 Either you were or weren't hitting 6000 right? right? I mean, yeah. either you were or weren't, right? And that's for a Roth IRA, let's not get too much investments, but that's uh, post-tax money traditional IRA is pre-tax then you got a 401k 403b right that's pre-tax money right now it's at 19 dollars gotcha. that's how much money you can invest once you turn 50 that goes up to twenty six thousand dollars now this is pre-tax money so take out twenty six thousand dollars that's almost two that's a little over two thousand dollars a month right on who has that if you didn't if you didn't have that at 49 why would you why would you have another two thousand dollars you turn 50 right so that that's again talking about scams like that's that's how people get set up and then 
when you when people get to their fifties and sixties and their retirement's underfunded, yeah. yes, you can fix that. But you got now when it comes to investment, the time uh, money's best friend is time and compound interest. When you get into your fifties and sixties, you the time is is lower. Gotcha. So now the best friends are sort of looking like you know the friend of your friend, your enemy or whatever that thing is, enemy of my friend. The, my friend's enemy, enemy is, is my, my friend. friend. No, the enemy of my friend is my friend. Correct. Y'all, who knows? Right. They're probably laughing so hard that we're saying this wrong right now. <laughs> you know what that quote is. What right, we talking right, about. right. Look, so that, that's the one thing when people say about mortgages as far as doing a 30-year versus a 15-year. They use that difference in the payment and they'll invest that. But when you look at the investing numbers, most people don't have money in their retirement. So the question, and they have a whole bunch of debt. So like you're double, you're double screwed. You don't have money invested and you have a whole bunch of debt. Right. And then usually people, again, most people have the average credit score is 700. So then it's just like, you got no, you got no money invested. You have no actual money and you have a lot of debt and your credit score is low. That's the averages. So I, that's, that's why I recommend not doing the average stuff. Gotcha. All right, because you do average stuff, you get average results. Man, you Listen. know, the bar's on deck. Hey, let's get it. Bar's on, I wish we had a deck. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, so we just... <laughs> Look, we might soon. Right. <laughs> All right, so we just did mortgages right there and, you know, comparing the 30-year versus the 15-year in arms. And then so now we have um, home equity loans or home equity lines of credit. So uh, let's, do, let's do home equity loan. Okay. Home equity loan... Is like taking out just one big loan, like I said, a personal loan or signature loan. It's like just getting the loan based off of how much equity is in your house. And again, based off your financial institution, you know, depending on how much money you can take out. But usually I think you take out about up to 80%. So let's hold on. Let's let's rewind it back just a second. So what what is home home equity? Did I, I probably never explained what equity meant. Look at me doing a bad job. First grade, equity is how much you have in value or assets. So let's say your house, from a house standpoint... It's worth $300,000, right? But you have a loan on it for $200,000. So to figure out your equity in the home, you take how much the home is worth minus how much you owe on it. So in this case, 300 minus 200, and now you have $100,000 in equity. Okay. And to keep with this example, to get a home equity loan, let's say you can get up to 80% of the equity you have in your home. Mm-hmm. You have 100K in equity, 80% of that, you can get $80,000. Gotcha. Right? And now some, there are, you know, but like how do people track the stipulations on what you have to use the money for? Usually it has to be for home improvements. People don't do that. People, what people usually do is they do a home equity loan, home equity line of credit, which uh-huh. has a lower interest rate, depending again on what you get from your bank, and then they'll pay off their credit card debt. Ah, okay. That's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid, right? Because we talk about we haven't gotten to generational wealth and legacy, but I'm you talk about debt where if it's not debt, you own it, not own it. If you have a lien on something then you do not own it outright. And so for me, when I talk about ownership, right. it's outright ownership, meaning there's no lien on it. So you can own a home. Right. Like say you own a home and it's $300,000. That's uh-huh. how much it's worth. So that's how much you have in equity. Then you can go and get, this would be also called a second mortgage, but you can take out a home equity loan or line of credit. And now when you do that, you put another lien on your house. Gotcha. And so now you no longer own your home. Oh, I know I own it outright. I just got a home equity. No, 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 no. Default on that loan. Gotcha. And the collateral is? The home. Got it. And now your home is gone. Gotcha. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. So that and that's when you talk about like when you see like reverse mortgages for older people in like the sixties and stuff. Right. Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When uh. reverse mortgage. I mean, there's a lot of scams out there, but a reverse mortgage, which is like taking like equity back out of your home, but not really. It's again, it's it's not a good product. Some people recommend it, but it's, you have to be a certain age to get it. Gotcha. But that that is a putting the lien back on their on their home. Like right. The home's paid off. 
All right, so to reverse the mortgage, right? They took the equity back. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Wow. Hey, product again, products from the bank. Okay. Right. Okay, and then we got home equity line of credit. Got you. Which is a line of credit, you know, some on installment loans versus revolving debt. So, so it's like the, a house credit card. That's okay. like a credit card on your house. Got now, you. However, you feel about credit cards is going to determine how you feel about a home equity line of credit. I would not recommend getting a credit card on your house because then it's still the same the equity principle, right? Okay. But how many credit? You know. Gotcha. That's a lot. And again, if now, it, is the interest on that usually higher? The or interest, right on, again, it, all, it on always it. depends with more, the home equity mortgage type things. It always depends usually how the market is doing. That's, okay. that's the when I said on the first podcast, if you have um, an interest rate above 5%, the bank is telling you, we don't think you're going to pay back the loan. Gotcha. That's for everything but student loans, credit cards, and mortgages, which sort of go. I mean, credit cards are usually always high, but student loan and mortgages are just based off of where we're at. So okay. right now, 5% is a lot. Right. I mean- if you get a, if you got quoted for a five percent interest rate in the in the last year, I mean the bank just because they they giving out doubting you is yeah, an understatement. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say a bank hasn't given out a five percent interest rate in the last year. That, I, would, I would. I think that's a safe I, yeah, statement. I mean, yeah, they're you know you're getting twos and threes now, um, but yeah, those depend on how the economy is going. Because used to be you know interest rates on homes could be double used to be double digits sometimes. Right. So and and that's just that's just what they are you know across the entire nation. Gotcha. Um. So yeah, the home equity line of credit just a credit card pretty much on your house. And again, people usually quote unquote use that for like remodel. Like people get a kitchen remodel done, which right. is tens of thousands of dollars. But like you put another if you if you haven't paid off your house and right. then you get a home equity in a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit mm-hmm. you put another another lien you double you double loan you double leaned i don't even know that's the right <laughs> phrase but now you have two liens on your house so you have to pay both of those off if you default on either one of those loans you're not your property now will be sees as collateral so the the same stipulations on the home equity line of credit as they're on the home equity loan like it has to be used for home repair yeah that's quote unquote has to be used for you can put that stuff like in right off on your taxes and things of that nature but i like i said I didn't. Gotcha. Can, yeah, I can say this. I don't. I can't say the people's names. I didn't. I didn't use people's home equity lines of credits to pay off other debt. Got which it. Is bad for a back office standpoint. We usually have to do a withdrawal, then a deposit to it. Right. Because when you transfer debt to debt, that's bad. How back office is tracking it. But yeah, people. I mean, if y'all, if y'all, we can get into the tax code way later on. But you can just get away. I mean, y'all know. Y'all get mad at the big businesses. You can just get away with stuff if you know the right people. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Um. So then after that. We can do tax. I'm gonna say, all right. See, look, we're coming up. So you got a man. Yeah. It's up to you. I mean, no, I got I got student loans and I got taxes left. Okay, let's finish it. So taxes, for taxes, that's that's not debt. So you can't you can't take you can't take it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not debt in the general sense where you can like, yeah, let me go, (laughs) let me go to the bank. Let me owe more on taxes. That's when, for whatever reason, when you file your taxes, as I said, Raphael, the IRS. Gosh. He knock knock on your door, and you can you know get CPAs and all this type of tax attorneys, all that. But if Raphael says he wants money from you, you owe him money. You're gonna have to give him that, and if you don't give it to him when you when it's owed, which is normally on uh, the 15th of April, but the last two years due to COVID, it's been pushed back again. I it's stuff just so linked together. Yeah. So when I talked about Roth IRA, traditional IRA, mm-hmm. you can contribute to that. With up until the tax, the filing date of the following tax year. Gotcha. So right now, you can contribute to the 2020 tax year for your Roth IRA up until May 17th, which is when taxes are due. That's a Monday, by the way. So taxes are now due this year for May 17th. If you remember last year, it was due July 15th. So you can contribute to the 2019 tax year for your IRA 
a full three months after the normal limit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so for those who haven't filed their taxes as you got to yeah. May 17th. Yeah. Right. Now, even if you file, you're still good. It's just when the actual tax date is. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, for those who haven't filed yet, you got to May 17th. Although. Why should, wait? Yeah. Lock in. Hey, all right. I mean, if you owe taxes, people usually wait a while. They think they're going to owe, but you know, most people think they're going to get a refund. So, you know, file it right away. Gotcha. But yeah, when you owe taxes, that's due to, for whatever reason, the government says you owe them taxes and you didn't pay your tax bill in full when it was due. So now that is viewed as quote unquote debt. And now you're at subject of interest and fees. And again, the IRS, they're, they're, they're not fees, the ones. Their, their penalties are from another another planet. It's like it's like Thor. They just show, they just show, they just show up, and it's like goodness oh, gracious. Man. And again, I saved well, I saved um taxes through loans for last because you can't bankrupt these two. So if you you can actually bankrupt taxes and student loans, but you have to be deemed significantly disabled. Oh wow! And when you're you know when you're highly disabled, you get money from the government. So there's no point of them you know they're just getting their own money back. Right. So that, but you don't you don't, you don't want to be deemed disabled because then you can't actually do stuff. Gotcha. Right. So yeah, for taxes again, if you need a CPA, reach out to one. You got to be careful when you're doing the stock options. A lot of people got to GameStop, right? And then none of None of them knew about short-term capital gains tax. Ooh. So you have to pay your ordinary income on that. So 10, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, 37%. Those are the seven tax brackets. And you got to pay your full rate on short-term capital gains for your taxes. And then... So that means you need to set that money aside yeah, that you made. Well, the, the, when you sell, when you sold GameStop or whatever, that, that money that you sold, part of that is actually taxes. Yes. It's not, I know it's called a realized gain or profit. When it comes to equities and stocks, which is just a bad word, but all of it isn't your profit, and you still have to pay your taxes on it. I was say, so correct me if I'm wrong. If you if you sell stock, you create a, a taxable event. A taxable. Right? You never create the least amount of taxable events as possible. But yes, when you sell a stock, you create a taxable event, and this is how it's set up. You don't have to pay those taxes until the next filing year. Right. <laughs> so that's why people end up getting caught up, and you end up owing taxes. You're like, oh, wait, I had to pay, and then right. you lose that money, and it's all gone. Keep that money on standby, guys. Right. If you know what your tax percentage is, put that aside, and you'll be straight. Right. And then so the last thing is student loans. This is a fun one. We just talk about student loans as a debt. Okay, so student <laughs> loans as a debt, it's the one where most people have, and no matter how much it is, everyone knows exactly how you got that much. You just made literally one decision. Yeah. And then next, <laughs> it's not like credit cards, you got to keep swiping, swiping, swiping. Nope. nope, you got 250K in student loan debt. Yep, 17-year-old you just <laughs> yeah. made one decision, and that's it, right? And now you can make 40K a year with your history art degree from a private school, and you got four or five times the student loan not debt. Not the history art degree. Well, <laughs> and that that's the thing. So if I will, since we're, I've, I've listed them all, when it comes to paying off the debt, again, we both did and recommend the debt snowball. So you're paying them off lowest balance to highest balance, regardless of interest rate. For those of you who want to do the interest rate, that would be debt, debt avalanche. By all means, pick one. But at the end of the day, you have to do the same budget. So again, your income minus alcohol equals left over. If you want to get out of debt as fast as possible, you are stripping your outgo or your expenses literally down to necessities. And your debt payments. That's Remember. that's all you should be paying for if you want to get out of debt as fast as possible. Exactly. So necessities being that uh that financial house that we talked about. So. Yes. Yes. And you can if y'all want to add stuff to the house by all means go ahead. But that's pretty much all the necessities. That you should go. Ultimately, should be the bare bones of what you need yeah. to survive. Yeah. Right? A lot of a lot of sacrifices decreasing your lifestyle. Yeah. Yep. And so for student loans or just in general, it comes to paying off debt and big debt like student loans, the debt snowball will put you in a position where, let's say your student loans are four out of five. So it's, let's say it's five out of five, because it was the last one for both of us. Gotcha. It wasn't for me. I just lied. My car was. Regardless, 
regardless, when you do the debt snowball, as, you, as I said, when you let's say you pay off a loan that had a $100 minimum payment, uh-huh. and let's say your snowball or your debt snowball is $500. So you're putting $500 towards debt. And then when you pay off your, your debt payment that is $100, you now have a $600 snowball. And you roll that $600 over to the next loan. Let's say that one's 200 and you pay that off. Now you got 800 and you, know, you keep going down the process. When you get to your student loan, you want to have as much snowball or your biggest loan, whatever it is, as much snowball as possible. It's like building a snowman, guys. You yeah. ever build the base of a snowman? You know, you got to yeah, roll, roll it. it around in a circle a couple times <laughs> yeah. before it gets to the size that you want. That's what we're right. doing before we hit that student, lo- exactly. student loan payment. Exactly. And then for the student loans is oh, the forgiveness. So we mentioned the last time, Joe. I think I said it. Joe said he thinks he can forgive 10K but not 50K. So he should just forgive the 10K and then argue with Congress from a bipartisan standpoint about the extra 40K. But he hasn't done that. So that's what I call, again, a scam. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Now, again, student loans are due October, whatever your monthly payment date is, due in October. So you have the moratorium until September 30th. So no interest, um, no fees for not making the minimum payment. You don't have to make the minimum payment at all. Those are all three different things. No interest, no type of penalty for not making the minimum payment. And again, you don't have to make the minimum payment at all. From my standpoint, that is the forgiveness. That is going to be almost 16 months of that where yeah. they pretty much, I mean, from my standpoint, that's what I have. I don't owe a minimum payment. Right. And since I don't send them money, I don't get charged a fee and there's no interest accruing. That's that's what you get when you pay off a loan. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that that's pretty much what the forgiveness is probably going to be. And Joe is focusing towards COVID relief, obviously, and an infrastructure um, program, which is where your trillions of dollars is going for your student loan debt, by the way, and your tax money. So when it comes to the student loan situation, from a saying pay off student loans, but you're holding out for the forgiveness. Yeah, it all it depends on how much student loan debt you have. For those of you, oh, this is a hard range. It really depends on your income. It more, does. It, it really depends more so on your income. So let me take a big step back. When it comes to paying off debt, the numbers for how long it's going to take you to get out of debt relative to your income. I'm talking about pre tax income. It's roughly 30, well, secondly, it's 75%. It's going to take you two years to get out of debt. So if you have 100K pre-tax income and you have 75K in debt, that's going to take you about two years to pay off. And so half of 75 is like 37 and a half. So it's going to be about 37, 38% of your pre-tax income is going to equal a year of you paying off your debt. So for those of you, like I said, who are in that unfortunate situation of having three, four, five times your um, income and debt in total, which is probably mainly student loan debt, right? You got the 40, 50K job and then you got the private school degree. So you got 200K in debt. Right. I don't know what to tell y'all, which is what is usually my last resort. This is like yeah. me playing the all, you know, my last cars. You have to make more money. Yes. If you had, if, I mean, if your debt, non mortgage debt, non uh, your consumer debt is three, four, five times what you make, you have to make more money. And when it comes to student loans, it's such a long, 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 long path of paying off hundreds of thousand dollars in debt. That's when we go back to the first thing I recommend. Your team. Yeah. You have to have a team in place. Then second thing, your mental makeup. So there you, you go. Lock in. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Let's say I don't just be throwing stuff out, right? So there are things that precede just paying off your debt and getting on a budget so you can put yourself in a position to execute the plan as efficiently and as quickly as possible. Yes. All right. And then so when it comes to paying off student loan debt, like I said, the forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? As of now, it's set up to where you have to pay taxes on anything that's forgiven. Gotcha. But let's, let's say 
you don't have ten thousand dollars, right? Right. And by the way, the taxes is anything that's forgiven gets taxes, ordinary income. So let's say you have two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt and you want it all to be forgiven. Gotcha. And you make fifty K a year. Well they forgive two hundred thousand dollars, you have to claim that all is taxable income. And now with your fifty K, your taxable income is $250,000. So if you're single, that's going to put you in the 24% tax bracket. So let's just say 20% for easy math. Right. Right. So 20% of the 200000 is going to be $40,000. Do you have $40,000 for your tax bill? Because that, that's going to be due when you file your taxes next year if they forgive it. Do you have forty thousand? How do you have forty thousand dollars if you only make fifty k pre tax? Let's see, forty thousand is less than two hundred. It right? is, but now what do you owe? owe? A tax bill. Yeah. Which is not so now, but now, but wait. So would you rather owe tax debt? Or would you rather owe student loan debt? Because remember, you owe tax debt. You got more fees and more penalties and more power. Because now they can when you do when you most people you know they just do forbearance and deferment. You can't do that on taxes. Gotcha. They will free. They will freeze your account and garnish your wages. That is rarely the case when it comes to student loans. Okay. So now. Are you in a worse position or a better position? This is the information I tried like when I was talking about student loans and why I I'm so serious on it. Right. Because it it will if they don't forgive all the student loans and just say you don't owe us nothing, right. More likely more people are gonna be in a worse situation than a better one if they conduct themselves from a um get to claim it as your ordinary income as right. they are now. They might wipe it out. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, this stuff is always subject to change. Because based on the explanation, you would technically owe less money, but to a to the and wrong person, yeah. the wrong person, exactly. No, no, yeah. <laughs> to the wrong person, yeah. but more serious penalties, no, right? Yeah, so it's like, okay. I mean, it's hard to say, but you probably rather owe two hundred. I mean, it's still the government, right? Right, but you rather owe two two hundred k in student loan debt than forty forty thousand dollars in taxes. Now, you would think if they create the situation, they would provide some type of you know different stipulation. Right. But again, faith in the government. That's all on y'all. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't recommend it. And so, yeah, when it when it comes to that situation, the thing about the government will or will not provide some type of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Again, I would think just based off of the political climate, something, I would not be surprised if some type of forgiveness happens where they actually forgive a certain dollar amount. But when? Fingers crossed. Look. Yeah, I mean. They got yeah. to October to figure it yeah. out, right? No, <laughs> I'm banking on right now, there won't be any type of forgiveness by October and them student loans are going to be due. And just like all the other moratoriums, like the rent and mortgage that are coming up. It's, some people are going to get hit hard, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in time they do some type of forgiveness. That's just what the Dems are, you know, prodding themselves off from a voting, a voting standpoint for, you know, Zennials and Millennials. So we said all that to say, if you have the ability to save and, right. you know, they don't forgive anything, you've got to be, you know, prepared to make that payment again on that student loan. So, you know, right. don't waste that payment if you got it. Right. Stick it in the account somewhere, you know, October's coming right around the corner. It's going to come faster than you think. Exactly. And again, Two years. You can get out of all of it in two years. You have the federal student loan forgiveness program, which is 10 years. So you can, if you want that eight years back on your life or not. And then when you talk about doing the math of investing the difference as far as, you know, paying over what you can invest and getting the interest, most people can't calculate that delta. Gotcha. (laughs) Can't calculate. That's, That's too much to calculate. You have to calculate how much interest it would cost to pay off the loan in 10 years and what you get forgiven then your tax bill yeah right then on top of that you gotta you know calculate what your interest would be when you actually invest Mm -hmm. then you have to calculate paying off your debt in two years and then investing for eight years and you're just like you just broke down four different equations bro (laughs) look at it (laughs) again when i talk about most people don't have the competency most people are not good enough at math to do to do to do just the way i said it like most and that look now i'm being disrespectful but most people 
aren't going to run all those type of equations. But now you, I'm no, don't ask me because I'm not. I'm probably not going to do it. For right. you. That, that's one of the services I probably. I mean, for a certain fee, I will obviously I do it. Say. Yeah, I mean, oh, everybody has their own price. But no, th- that's just it's too much work. And then when I talk about time, just know we're charging for the comparison. Right. Okay. Yeah. But when right. I talk about time, that's saying if you can get down two years, that eight, the eight years is worth it. Now a lot of people are listening, especially in our, as you know, we're almost thirty. We're not almost thirty. Let's, we got two more years. But <laughs> <laughs> Give me my time. Put right. some respect on my two years. But if, right? if people have been, let's say, you, you know, we graduated and it'll be six years for us and you've been paying, you know, paying for six years. And by the way, it's actually not six years. It's 120 qualifying payments. Yes. Which is different. So let's, let's say, well, you've, you've made 60 payments, right? No, that's 72 payments. Excuse me. Qualifying payments. It's like, you know... Can I, if, you, if it's closer to three years, do you risk it, right? Do you get out? And that's, again, where you actually truly need to sit down with someone. You can reach out to me and actually run the numbers and see, you know, where you're at and the possibility of getting out that faster and what truly is likely, you know, going to happen from a political standpoint, which I, I don't – as I don't think it is. You don't think we – at least 10? You okay. Think we get 10? Me, all right. We're, we're going to finish up. So I, okay. this is right at the end so I can give my spiel on how I – Corey Covington can fix them. <laughs> literally me, literally me. I was thinking I would. I would made the joke. I said we should run for president, president? vice president, but we can't because we're not old enough. We're literally, we're literally not. You gotta be thirty five. I don't know if you wait thirty five for vice president. We have to be thirty five to run for president. Gotcha. I made that joke at work and they laughed it off. I was like, not nah, like I would, but I'm literally not old enough to right. run for it. But so here's here's the student loan forgiveness. Okay, right? Because the right conservatives are. Look, they, <laughs> They not trying to do it at all, yeah. right? So this we come to bipartisan. There has to be some type of give in it. So there's a situation that I'm in. I've already paid off my student loans. Okay, and I made it very very clear. If they doing some type of forgiveness, I need my money back. That's a, <laughs> that's, a that's a semi joke, but real talk, like run the check. Yeah, but then that's the the one uh, meme where they got people on a train track and they've already ran over somebody. And it's like you get these other people up, and I'm like, I got I got myself up, so they. They, they better get themselves up before the train come. <laughs> and But the train already hit you, though. The student, that's the one thing. Like, the train's already run you over in that situation. But for the people who have paid off their student loan debt already, right, it's like, right. no, we don't want any forgiveness, some of them, because if we're not going to get nothing back, right. you know, that's not, quote, unquote, fair, like the word fair to us. But for me, the main issue is that most student loans, not most, but a good amount of people are in a negative AM. And mm-hmm. negative AM stands for amortization. So back in the debt, you usually see an amortization, amortization, amortization schedule when you're paying off a mortgage. What's the, hold on, what's the word? Hey, AM. Hey, I can type it better than I can spell it. Got you. Anyway, Go so that's going to show you how long it's going to take for you to pay off the loan and then, you know, how much interest you're going to pay and where you're going to be at in each year. And since it's an amortization schedule, mm-hmm. right, since negative is not in front of it, it's implied that it's positive. Gotcha. Right? So you're going to be paying it off. A negative AM loan. Instead of showing you the schedule for you to pay it off, mm-hmm. right? The opposite would be the schedule of you not paying it off. Jeez. So uh, if you're in a negative AM loan, that that means that your minimum payment doesn't satisfy the interest, interest. that it accrues. So let's say again another example: you got 100k in student loan debt, and you owe um, your interest rate is 7.2, your APR. Mm-hmm. So A being annual, right? And then annual is the same thing in yearly when it comes to the finance terms. So you owe 7.2 in interest rate. You divide that by 12, right? Annual, yearly, divided by 12, 12 months in a year. 7.2 divided by 12 is 6, right? Twelve, uh, 6 goes in uh, 72, 12 times. Correct. So now your monthly interest rate, how much you get charged, is 6%. So 
of a hundred thousand is six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. If your minimum payment is less than six hundred dollars, you are in a negative AM loan. So let's say your minimum payment is five hundred dollars, right? And this goes to people saying, I've been paying my student loans for five, ten years and my balance has relatively gone down, if not gone up. Right. Right. So let's say you got six percent monthly interest rate and excuse me, six hundredth of a percent. You got seven point two yearly and then divided by twelve is six hundred percent. That's six hundred dollars. You got a five hundred dollar minimum payment, right? Right. So you, when you pay a loan, the interest always gets satisfied first, first. with your payment. So you give them the five hundred dollars, and that goes towards the interest, which is six hundred dollars. And now you technically owe a hundred dollars left in interest, in interest right? And then a hundred dollars gets added to your principal amount, which is your one hundred thousand dollars. Right. And now you owe a hundred thousand one hundred dollars in February, right? And then another. Six, another 600% get charged again. And since, you know, the, the number's gone up, it's going to keep going up. And the crazy thing about loans is when we talk about investing in compound interest, mm-hmm. it works the same way. So loans accrue compound interest. So just right. how you talk about investments and how you can get make so much money, uh-huh. that's the issue with student loans. People are gaining compound interest, but the wrong way. Got that's you. how you get hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest in accrued and let over people have to pay. Oh, wow. When you see somebody who has more interest accrued than what they graduate with it's like yeah that's that's compound interest it's neither good nor bad it just depends it's working for the bank now technically the government compound interest in debt guys. right Sheesh. and so the people need to get out of that situation right they need to get out of negative am so how do we do that we can either a end interest mm-hmm. or b increase the term length which i'm talking about mortgages which will decrease your minimum payment like i said getting rid of the interest because what really people have an issue with is they don't have the money in their budget or the cash flow discretionary income gotcha so what i would do is i would end interest well first you got to stop making them right that should already been passed we got to stop making the loans second not only would i end the interest Uh uh-huh i would make it so that let's say you owe a hundred thousand you graduated with a hundred thousand dollars right and you've paid fifty thousand dollars right but the way the interest works you still owe 70k right you paid 50k and mm-hmm. but you still for some reason owe 70k and you're obviously not going to owe just 50k after that because you got the natural interest right but let's say you, you know you clearly should your loan should be less than what it is well what i would do is hey if you graduate with 100k uh-huh. and you gave us 50k you now owe 50k in student loan debt because you're going to pay what you graduated with mm-hmm. and nothing more that gives people forgiveness because let's say you paid a you paid one hundred and twenty k right you graduated with a hundred right but you still have student loan debt well now you're in the situation where you paid a hundred right, right. You, pay, you paid your loan off gotcha but where's my twenty thousand dollars at oh no 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 remember at the beginning for the people already paid off their student loan debt and you saying they shouldn't get no money and get you off the train tracks now you're in that situation you just you just have no student loan debt now you don't get your twenty k back because gotcha. already people paid off student loan debt. And they don't get their money back. So you pay the initial loan if you've they, already and if you've already paid it, then you're right. good to go. But you just don't get a refund. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But again, now there are going to be some people. This is where accountability comes into play. Uh huh. Making use of the forbearance and the deferment, and you have six figures in student loan debt, and now you have let's say you graduate with 100, now you got 150, and you only pay 10k. Well, now you owe 90k. Oh wow. I, I just forgave that 50k in interest, and you're like, wonder well, no, why I still owe 90. Well, you graduated with 100. And you only pay ten, gotcha. so that's why you owe ninety. Okay, and that's it. No interest rate, right? He's like, hey, I, I, yeah. I could live with that, right? And yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. the hap- that's the happy medium. Something has if you want something done versus right. you know all or nothing. Something like ten k, that 
I mean, that's better than nothing. But right. For the people who have, you know, $100,000 in debt, that's not going to do nothing for them, especially if they're still in a negative AM loan. Right. Nothing changes. So, you know, if you've, if you've been making use of deferment, for, mind you, this is not going to happen. I'm just shooting off at the jaw right now. But it's a, it's a great plan. I mean. It, 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 it helps because it, it provides forgiveness because that's what the conservatives and Republicans want to do. They want um, they don't want to foot that tax bill. Right. Right. But it's like you got to give them something because technically student loans are predatory loans because you gave a whole bunch of technically minors at the time, you know, tens of thousands, hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. And so that's the issue with that. So we're going to be more weary this time. We've got 17 minutes. So we went a little, what we got? 60, 70. I'm mm. good. I'm, we're good. I'm good. All right, y'all. Let us know. I guess we did. Maybe we could do that. Do a finance, right? Do a finance section. Do a fitness section. And just do it like that. And let's okay. talk about that and then just getting started. Yeah. So I guess let us know how that works. Let us know the mic issues. We're, we got to get better at talking into we the are. mic. We are. Are we projecting today? But, Can you hear us? But if I sound different and if Jordan sounds louder and if I sound, then like that's good. And then we just got to get better at that. But so I think we're good today. We got we, we more, more in depth. Yeah. yeah. Way more in depth today. Um, so we're going to chop up these videos. And now it's time for us to get out of here. So yeah. what was the outro? Oh, yeah. So remember to... <laughs> People probably were like, yo, he's just rambling at this point. I am. For some reason, I got hot. Did you get hot? Okay. We got to turn the air off so we can get that feedback. Yeah, we got the air off. So I got hot a little bit. I was like, I didn't get hot last time. Look, you ain't drink no water the whole time. Look at that. A little bit. Hey, it's on the video. A couple of sips. But no. So to remember to. All right, I can't even do it right now. Let me talk about something else and I can transition into it. Gotcha. Okay. What you got? Let's do back to the shameless plugs for our social media. Okay. So again, you can follow me at Sideline Corey. That's Sideline underscore Corey. Don't forget the underscore. Yes, and the underscore. It should be. I took it all the time. You find somebody that has side. Every now and then, I'll log in something, username. It's like. I'm like, no. Sideline Corey should be me on like literally anything you find. But it's Sideline underscore Corey. And again, Corey is spelled C O R Y. Gotcha. You can find Jordan at Stop Stalling J. That is S T O P S T A L L I N G J A Y on IG, Twitter. And then don't forget to follow our fitness And then business. I, I, I can pass it back. And then you can follow the business page at <laughs> Finally Fit uh, 06. That is F I N A L L F I T 06 on IG and Twitter, as well as YouTube. Okay. And do you have anything else from a fitness perspective? We got we got to let them, uh, you know, let that information soak in. Make sure y'all work on your foundation, yeah. okay, your body weight. And also, you know, that those goals we we talked about, make sure you define those. And, you know, we make sure they're realistic, achievable, um, set your reward, and make sure they're in a realistic time span, all right? Yep, and for debt, there's a lot of debt out there, right? I didn't cover every single thing, but just give you an introspective on your credit, how the credit score works, and how all the different type of debts play into that and how you can handle them so just remember to save more and say less keep making better your best and we will catch y'all next time all right peace y'all